You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. It's nice to be back here in the studio with my friend Harry and also our friend Hannah. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Kavanaugh stuff since uh, we missed a lot last week. It was a one heck of a week to be on a work vacation. And uh, we'll talk about Me Too and uh, we're going to talk about less about Kavanaugh and more about people freaking out. All that is coming up here on We Are Libertarians. Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said, uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome to episode 319 of We Are Libertarians, recorded on October 4, 2018. And I'm, I'm just looking at Harry before we even start. And I just see in his eyes, he's ready to bitch about something. <laughs> We're not even two minutes into the show, and I can just see, well, I'm going to be mad about something, my something. Things are not up to my standard. Uh, first off, uh, honestly, no, I got nothing. Um, I arrived at the studio. Okay, I did, did want to complain about 465 being shut down. What kind yeah. of bullcrap is that? Yeah. Um, the, so Indianapolis, for those who don't know, let me turn this off, is a loop. And around the loop, they've shut down one of the directions on the bottom. And it has made traffic basically impossible. Yeah. In my yeah. area of town. And everybody just is trying to get everywhere all the time, and it's just awful. Right, because it's main like usage for like to get to 74, go up to 70, or go, come down to I-65. So we're directing everything to the center of town. Yeah, it's a major artery. Yeah, and the people in the se- they drive through the center of town, the idiots down there who drive like in their crappy cars doing like 40 in the... You know, hammer lane. Like, oh, I'm driving my crappy car to get down to South Everson. La la la. And it's like, come on, come on. If <laughs> it's I was an on accurate, accurate representation. Four sixty five. I felt like I was in the car. <laughs> Thank really you. Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually with truckers, we're all truckers are barely doing like seventy five, eighty. I'm doing one hundred two, and we're just flying down four sixty five. Now I'm forced to go down in the middle of the city with all these other idiots. 
yeah. How was your drive over? Uh, not that big a deal, really. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Now, uh, do you want me to use her last name? I didn't sure. Ask. All right, Hannah Weber. Uh, so you can't Ducks. find her on Ducks. Facebook, you creepers. No. You, you can go look. You can go. Uh, trust me. We she's changed her name. She's been a libertarian for a long time. Yeah, I know how this yeah. works. Yeah. So we have a blur over her face on the YouTube channel, just so you can't. <gasps> Can we do that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, because of the creepertarians, the last time you were here, uh, I found out that I I drive a Mopar, and uh, you were here on this uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, I found an engine leak. Yes, mm-hmm. turned out car. What happened with that? It, it was a leaking transmission, and it was covered under warranty, and all was well. So uh, okay, we're up. It to- was a Jiffy Lube receipt. That's right. Jiffy Lube was like. What in the world? You look at the Jiffy Lube receipt, and had you not, and then halfway through the episode, I'm just freaking out. Yeah. What were we talking about? Do you remember? Uh, I was like just in disbelief that you pay so much to have your oil changed oh, when yeah, you could yeah. do it in your well, front yard. I I used to do it in high school and college in my garage at my mom's house, mm-hmm. and then now I live in an apartment, so yeah, I don't have lifts, but I would I would totally do it on my don't own. Don't need lifts for an oil change. I do. The way I do it, I do it a very <laughs> special way. Okay, I I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh. I right. Don't, I don't want to give away my secrets. Right. But with your front wheel drive transmission, you could probably just turn the wheels and get your hand and and the pan underneath there without even jacking the car up. Again, I don't want to get into how I do it. It's it's a very right. it's very it's a pat a patent pending. I've got a patent on it. It's a very special technique that I that I have to change my oil. So, well, but, getting patents doesn't sound very libertarian. Well, welcome to 2018. Yeah. But we you were able to salvage your vehicle. <laughs> it's salvageable. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, still have not fixed the brakes though. We need to get on that because yeah. uh, the stopping distance ain't much. Well, yeah. I just ha- I got to redo the uh, rear brakes in the RX-8, and then I had a shock go out of me. So RX-8 um, um, drivers out there, I've got the second rear end RX-8 now. Yeah. My- Months ago, you were in my car in the back seat. You're like, your your brakes are grinding. I was like, oh, that's not oh, good. Oh, that wasn't them. months ago. That was like a year. That wasn't a year ago. Uh, was like it year. was cold out. When when were you in my car? Um, we've only seen- we went down we we left Morty's. It was Caitlin's. We went house. to visit a friend. Ooh, Morty's, oh no! It was okay, party. this was the luau. It was the luau. Okay, so was, that was, was like May. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we're counting ta- time by Morty's being st- standing. <laughs> then, yeah. The rest <laughs> in peace. The the comedy club that we used to do the live shows in uh, is no longer with us. Is no longer with us. It's been destroyed. Uh, they heard that we did a podcast on 9-11 there, mm-hmm. and they said, we can't have this. Must destroy it immediately. Yeah. Uh, so that has been demolished. Historical landmark. Yes. So yeah. if you're wondering, when are you going to do a live show again? No, we're not. No. Never going to happen again. So, maybe, well, maybe. Never say never, but not anytime soon, because the people who would let us do a podcast tolerate live, us. tolerate us, yes, uh, don't, don't have a business anymore. Uh, so... You know, we we uh, we have good Craig, bad Craig. So, Craig DaCosta, one of our our best friends here on the program, came and visited us mm-hmm. from Hawaii. We had a great time with him. But first foreign guest. Uh, now he sent me an email while I was on at work on work vacation. I was super busy last week. The National Association of Broadcasters it was the radio convention. I was down in Orlando with work and touring the. The convention there for radio broadcasters had a great time, and uh, very busy. I they they had a lazy river pool, and I didn't get to go in it at all. I That's the whole time. 
but then I took a little jaunt up to my favorite town, St. Augustine, Florida, over the weekend and had a great time there and totally ignored the news for three days. Uh, on my drive on Friday, I took my watch off because Kavanaugh alerts just kept – I was like, I can't take it anymore. I'm taking my watch off. Uh, so be- back in it now. Uh, and Craig sent me an email, and I didn't get a chance to digest it. But the gist of what it said was those macadamia nuts that I sent you are poisonous. Or <laughs> not, this is not what they said, but this is what the way I read it, which is you've eaten half of the macadamia nuts, and there's a recall, so you're probably on your way to death. <laughs> so we've had our first poisoning against your leader, and it came from one of our most trusted, a foreigner too, <laughs> a foreigner from well, Hawaii. He's illegals in oh, <laughs> no, I, I'm still going to eat them. They're really good. Uh, these are the coffee ones, though. You so can, what's the recall on, though? I, I didn't get a chance to fully read. I saved the email. I haven't checked that email box in days yet. So It's one of the few times I've you, know you didn't though? share. It, they're fine. If you die. If I die. I'll I, go with you. <laughs> Thank I, you. I know some people. Thank you. In the industry. She's having some of the coffee macadamia nuts. How those are they? They're actually fantastic. You're, those are all yours. You, you take those with you. Feed them to Aaron. <laughs> uh, hey, our, our good friend Aaron Ewert. See the tape behind the Ron Paul candle up there? That The tape says, shut up. So oh. th- there's a roll of tape up there. I bought that two years ago for the next time Aaron came on the show. Oh, I could, I, I could use that at home. You can take it. Yeah, actually. you can take it. Right, honestly. Or climbed up the balcony. Because Aaron Ewert, our beloved friend... Uh, am I allowed to say that We Are Libertarians was part of his divorce proceedings? <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was the first time that we'd been involved in a divorce. Well, no, the second time, because mine. Yeah. Well. My, <laughs> but uh, memes has memes cost us a lot in 2017. Yeah. Uh, it was so much. It cost uh, several marriages. It cost friendships. It cost self-respect, mm-hmm. the respect of the community. Yep. But we had a great time doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, it was uh, a good year. I was almost overall. I was almost called to testify to stand for the memes that we made about Aaron because of his. Uh, mm. Well, let's not get into it. Yeah, but anyways, um, so second second time memes have been in a court proceeding. Rob Kendall didn't invite me to his wedding because his wife thought that I would meme their wedding. <laughs> would you? No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Now, in all fairness to her, she'd seen me at Hannah Drazich's wedding, and I was just, I was not behaving, but that's because Hannah had very strict rules, and I don't do well with that. Right. Rebel. Listen, if you're a bride, and you're just like, you show up and you have a list of rules for your wedding guests, (laughs) not going to go well for you, because I'm, I'm, I'm by nature just an asshole, so... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> weddings are very strange anyway. Right. Like, you put on this gigantic 40-pound dress. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you do your hair up in a way that you would never normally do your hair. Right. Yep. You've made all of your friends buy a $150 dress you'll never wear again. Never. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not flattering. It, I mean, it's just very strange. Very strange. Little children dumping dead plants <laughs> on the ground. Ring bears. Oh, Little so bears strange. walking really, down You really there. need somebody to hold that for you? Yeah. Like, that's, come on. Let me give the most expensive possession involved in all of this ceremony to, to a, a child, to a three-year-old boy. Yeah, they'll put anything in their mouth. But <laughs> right. here's this: here's or this their ring. butt. Oh, 
Don't even start it. <laughs> Rest in peace, towels. <laughs> so, so we love Craig. Craig uh, did not try to poison me. It was of the best intentions. He brought those nuts, but I did think I saw I saw it flash by. I was like, oh, this will be funny. I'll uh, claim that he threatened to poison me. And you got a present. I, I did get a present. He brought me. I got sent some Death Wish coffee, mm-hmm. which I when I first thing I, first thing I saw it was like who. Where did this come from? He told me, Craig. So thank you. Thank you very much. The other thing I I, I told Chris was, want to do a three-hour show? <laughs> yeah. <'cause it's>, <laughs> it, it has like a ton of caffeine in it. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I could probably do an eight-hour show. Big big shout out to Derek Mishu as well. He was extremely generous on my birthday, and I want to thank him for uh, going to our Amazon wish list and sending me birthday presents. It was very nice of him, uh, and so I wanted to thank him on the show here. Uh, so let's get started. Um, you know, we didn't do a lot of show prep because I did, I didn't some some shows like there's a ton of research that's going to go into it. Please put that away. You're distracting me. Uh, and you know you you have to bring a ton of facts to it. You know, but right now I feel like we're in the we're in this zone with the Kavanaugh story where there's not many facts floating around, <laughs> and none of this has been devised to find out what the truth exactly is. Uh, the FBI investigation was shown to senators today. Um, Jeff Flake and uh, Murkowski both said that uh, is it, it's not Susan Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Uh, Murkowski said that, and Flake basically said, "Nah, not much here." Basically, all already knew this stuff, and the Democrats immediately started slamming it, which tells you exactly that there's nothing in here that incriminates him. Because if there were anything that were incriminating in there, then Lindsey Graham would be screaming about the integrity of the FBI in the process, or you know Tom Cotton would be decrying it. So this was pretty favorable to Kavanaugh, it seems like. They did not interview Kavanaugh or Ford, but they had several hours each under sworn testimony. And the reason I felt that the FBI investigation was irrelevant to begin with, that we would end up with another week-long delay with another stalemate, which was always the goal, mm-hmm. uh, was you had several people on either side of the issue, including the two main actors in this, uh, all under oath, either testifying or writing sworn statements and affidavits, and they weren't going to find much more. And so when Ford can't tell you where things are, or what is happening, or you know what the she can tell you the county... She's not going to remember after thinking about this for so long and thinking about this ahead of her testimony. She's not going to be able to tell you something that just might, oh, it slipped my mind because she was so intensely focused on this. Her friends were intensely focused on this. He, he was, his friends, his supporters, um, the White House, the press, everybody was focused on this. So the FBI doesn't have some sort of magical wand that was ever going to find anything that was even remotely... Uh, relevant to this and they didn't they and and it wasn't their job to begin with because the fbi does background checks there was an fbi investigation into clarence thomas in 1991 and that was because it was on fed it was a federal job where the accusations took place so this wasn't even really under the scope of the fbi the senate has investigators who have more powers uh as i understand than the fbi does so it really was sort of a farce that they that they delayed it a week, but whatever. Like it was just another delay. The mm-hmm. the, the Democrats, the 
so we'll we'll get to how you guys I don't know if you watched any of the testimony. I know you were in California and you probably were like I don't give a <laughs> literally. Yeah. So I watched I caught his because I was editing photos for work. So I got to watch his and then I went back and watched a lot of hers. And I found him to be I I walked away exactly like I knew I would was going to see it in in the beginning. I believed both of them. <laughs> and that's the way that this process was always it, it was always designed. If if you really wanted to get at the truth and the Senate Republicans who brought in this uh prosecutor who works with victims of sex crimes you know she got to it at the end which is we bring you in we have a a gentle conversation about what happened we draw memories out of you you don't this was the absolute worst possible way for a victim of a sex crime to give information about their crime uh it was the absolute worst way for any of this to take place and it was always designed to be that way because the Senate Republicans and the Senate Democrats and the parties and, and everybody in power wants us to be as divided as humanly possible. And so they, each side continues to do things to divide us because they want to raise votes in the midterms. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen the two parties do in, in at least the last five years that I can think of. And that's saying something. Uh, I, I just I look at this I look at it and I go I think Kavanaugh was telling the truth I have said it from the beginning I I walked away thinking because I think I think because I had not heard him speak I had not seen his side of the story I walked away going I believe Kavanaugh I found her to be kind of uh what's the term a bubblehead <laughs> you know she she had that voice she couldn't remember certain things she said things that would kind of contradict each other through the testimony that have been contradicted later. Real clear investigations found that, uh, you know, she talked about being claustrophobic and she talked about building this doorway in her house, but it showed that the doorway was built before she moved in there based on records. Real clear investigations. Fox News found a letter from her ex-boyfriend who said, you know, we used to fly in prop planes. That's not somebody who's afraid of flying. We, she was never claustrophobic. She never brought any of this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm very sensitive to the, uh, the realities that a victim of sexual abuse goes through, male or female. Uh, as we talked about in a new, new project, which I'll talk about in a moment, um, uh, apparently, men and women suffer sexual abuse at the same rates. Yeah, and uh, men just don't talk about it as much. But if you were watching the news, it is just women who are being abused, and it's being used to divide men and women. And men are just all sexual predators, and women are all just helpless victims. And you you need to be pitted against each other and fight instead of having a reasonable conversation about things that are happening. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So. To finish up my impressions of it, I I walked away disappointed in the um, the way that it all happened over the last two weeks, really. Uh, but I'm not surprised because what can we expect from anyone who is an elected official? They do things, they manipulate us, they exploit us to to increase their political power. Um, and I think it's worked for the Republicans. I think the Democrats went so over the top at the beginning of this. 
you know, the Spartacus stuff yeah. and Linda Sarsour screaming that when this stuff came up, it was like it was hard to take it seriously. And so all the conservatives and people who are sympathetic to Republicans ran to his defense and Democrats then use that to show that men oh, Republicans don't care about women and they've stalled and acted the Democrats have acted so poorly like she didn't want to be outed and someone in Anna Eshoo's office or Diane Feinstein's office outed this woman they compounded the trauma of her sexual abuse and I genuinely think watching her I think something happened to her I can't say whether or not it was Kavanaugh because there was no new evidence from that Washington Post article the only new evidence the only new data point was her emotions and that's not I'm sorry, emotions aren't facts. I found her to be sincere, but not more credible because she didn't bring more facts. And there's a very very distinct difference there. And so if I'm going to judge on the standard of he's innocent unless you can prove that he's guilty, we didn't find out anything new under these te- under this testimony or from this FBI investigation. Do I think he should sit on the Supreme Court? Frankly, I'm agnostic about it. He's, he's a pretty... Uh, dirtball person when it comes to uh, invasions of privacy. He was uh, he helped write the Patriot Act. He worked for John Ashcroft's office under Bush. He then went on to basically uh, write the opinion that the everything that Edward Snowden uh, leaked out was okay under the it was it jived with the Fourth Amendment. He's the one who wrote the legal justification. You know, so here's a person that for libertarians. I don't know why libertarians are defending the guy because to me, I don't want him to be on the Supreme Court. I, but it's not that we're going to necessarily get a better person on the Supreme Court. There, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be a Justice Thomas. But at the same token, I see, I kind of look at it and go, why are you, why are you Republicans? Like, go with Coney Barrett. Like, really give the finger to, to the Democrats. Let this guy go and bring in somebody who's a little more hardcore. Um, but. Uh, so, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty-first, twenty twenty-four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. So I walked away from it just going, we don't know anything different. And so if you're keeping an open mind and you're trying to just presume that he is innocent, there's nothing about that day that said that this guy did it because any any Mark Judge should have been called to testify. There there's no excuse for the Republicans not to call him to testify. Plain and simple. There's no excuse for the Democrats to leak this woman's stuff. But I, I, I think it's very clear that she suffered trauma. She's going through a traumatic moment now. And so is he. And the idea that men don't suffer trauma and that being falsely accused isn't in and of itself a traumatic situation, Correct. I can tell you that it is. And it is, uh, it's, it's terrorizing, and it's done for political reasons, and it's done for, for a million different reasons. The media is also despicable. The, the third accuser with the gang rape stuff is so insanely unwildly uh uncredible if that incredible whichever the word is uh 
there was a guy who he was like a 350 pound newsman and he wrote this thing he's like this woman's nuts why are any of you taking her seriously the second woman uh, the second accuser took a week to figure out what she wanted like they were not credible but yet Jeffrey Tubin and CNN and everybody's like three accusers now blah 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 it's like no okay so i think the reporting has been so aggressively anti Kavanaugh that uh, a lot of it is virtue signaling. It's showing we stand with all women, we are a virtuous publication, and men are just bad. Yeah, man bad. Man bad, women good. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on a little bit tonight because I think if you are a... uh, I've gone through, and I don't know about you, Harry, uh, I feel everything, Uh, (laughs) you not as much, um, but as a white male, straight white Christian male, uh, I have noticed over the last two years, like if you will go back and listen to 2015, 2016, and you go read the reviews on this podcast, it's like Spangles a left libertarian, you know, because my motivating issues were always privacy. They were anti-war. They were very traditionally left-leaning issues that people like democracy now or democrats always talked about freedom of speech you know and the left has moved more tyrannical over time and more into intersectional politics and you know i've talked about this i think on on the uh now departed chris spangle show about that's their goal their goal is to provoke us because there is no big outrageous thing that we can look at we can't look at slavery we can't look at jim crow we can't look at uh you know like a lack of women's suffrage we don't have these big obstacles because the world is by all measure thanks to capitalism getting better Mm -hmm. and so they need to create crises to provoke us to throw us into an emotional state so democrats and liberals and progressives can win and i have noticed as they have focused more on intersectional politics, I have I have not necessarily moved more right, but I have moved more defensive. And I have become more tempted to walk right into that tribal culture. And my stance has always, and it comes largely from my Christian faith, I don't look at, I don't want to break people into 100 pieces and then judge them on their worst one or the thing that is different about them or... You know, I don't look at, I don't inventory Hannah or Harry and try and find what is the worst thing they've ever done to me and then never talk to them over that. I look at people, regardless of their race, color, creed, religion, sex, gender, as you are a human being worthy of love and dignity and respect. And that position is getting harder and harder to maintain because everyone is trying to throw us into identity politics and trying to, you know, I've noticed over the last two weeks, I'm like arguing with female friends because they're on the woman's side and I'm on the man's side. And then it's like, all right, I don't want, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I mean, as a man, do you, you know, as obviously you're on the intersectional, uh, you know, you're a black man, you're gay. Uh, I'm not gay. I am kidding. not gay. Uh, <laughs> I have never been gay. Uh, no, but I mean, do you do you identify with what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying with it. Um, but I really don't. Uh, see, the thing is, I don't really think you're on that man side. I think you're just more of the side of like the false accuser, and that's where a lot of libertarians are. We're just more of standing up for the false accuser. Uh, I, well, listen, if you listen to the 316 episode where we last talked about this, I mean, I was very, I, I, I took so much shit. 
from male listeners who makes up the 70% of our audience who are like, you're on the woman's side, you're on the wrong side. It's like, no, like this woman, clearly we ought to hear this woman out. They're like, right. I want to know what happened. Correct. But saying I want to know what happened to one side is is it's not good enough yeah. for the left and it's not good enough for the right and it's very hard to maintain that middle position. And that's the thing like I didn't find her credible up until I heard her words or her speak there in that testimony. And the thing that I got from it from her when hearing her speak is I think she is misremembering this. And there's more than that, and then those two people in that room. Yeah. This feels like there's a room of six guys, and that's just, and that's that's where the trauma really is. There's more than these two guys in this room. To me, that's what I felt. That's what I looked at. I have no proof on it, but just from listening to that testimony, that's what I felt. Yeah, like there's just like well, there's laughing, there's all this going on. It's like wait a minute, there's two drunk teenagers doing this. No, this sounds like there's more people in this room. I don't know. It's very intense, and that's another reason why Mark. Um, a judge did not want to go testify because there's probably was more people in that room. There's definitely something here that we don't know. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we're not going to get to the truth. We're, if just, that did happen at all. At this point, vote on the guy because there's nothing that there's nothing else you can do. So I'm trying to include more female voices. Uh, and I, if you didn't listen to 318 with Susan Hogarth and our friend Sarah Brady Wagner, please go listen to it. It was excellent. Sarah did an, an excellent job hosting that show. And uh, Hannah is one of the smartest people that I know, uh, regardless of her small lady brain. <laughs> no, Hannah's very bright and uh, has um, has personally impacted me in a lot of ways because as as a man with Me Too going on, you I do try to examine my behavior. I do try to understand, okay, how does my presence impact other people? I'm very interested in being a... Uh, a respectful and gentle man you know and um and you know we had a conversation a couple months ago that really like and i don't know if you want to talk about this yeah, but it was you, you at work uh and you were just you were like i have to go to the bathroom and i don't want to go and i said why and you want to explain why yeah basically um like men in the office you can see them kind of lurching at you the the creeps you know Just you leering. know who they are yeah. leering their body language like you know they're kind of, they're after you they're into you and it's very much unwanted so i will sit in my desk chair until they leave so that i can get up and go to the bathroom after they leave cuz i literally don't want them staring at my ass as i leave the room right like i don't want to feed them and i was like i don't get it because as a man and as uh, a heavy set man for my entire life, <laughs> and you got a flat ass. Yeah, I have no ass, no ass whatsoever. Would you like a blanket, by the way? No, I'm fine. Okay, yeah, all right. It's it's not that cold. It, here. It's colder than my house. It's but... 67, not 65. You offer her a blanket? Yes, you're man, man up. I'm a 68 degrees kind of gal, really, but right, go I'll suffer 60... through the one degree. Go turn it You're up. You're going to turn no, no, up no, no, the no. temperature for no, her? No, we can't. No, and I don't believe what in adjusting the thermostat. What kind of bull crap is this? So. She's, a, she's a lady. We, we, we no, I'm fine. Whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. I had to suffer like 65 degree temperatures. You wouldn't turn it up. I don't get an offer, but I had to go steal a blanket. Do you believe that thermostat wars are inherently misogynistic? 
Yes, completely. The okay. 68 degree thing, that's been beaten to me by males. I'm totally joking. It, it, it's, it's, listen, it's easy to get warm. <laughs> it's hard to get cold. Exactly. Um, no, no, it's economical temperature. No, so I just Insurance. didn't understand. And I, like, I, 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 I didn't want you to get defensive when we were having this conversation. I genuinely, like, wanted to understand the psychology of it because, and I want the listeners to understand it too because it was very helpful for me. Like, I have never in my life felt unsafe. I went on a date last night and there was never one moment in my brain where I was even considering my safety from anyone, let alone the person I'm on a date with. Most men are dumb for that reason, because as a man, you're in a lot of danger. Absolutely. Most men just don't see it. Sure, right. The women just see the danger. Yeah. Right. Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. yeah. Men just don't see it. Like, I, like, um, I like I know I'm in like I can tell when I'm in danger. I can sure. feel the danger. Even as a guy like, well, you're six foot. You know martial arts. You have a gun. Yeah, I have a gun because I can. I see the danger. I sure. feel the danger. You know, and most guys just don't see. It. Like when you you take someone back, you're like, and I look over there. Look over here. You see this? That's where you, you know. That's where you should be scared of. Yeah. Like what? Well, why? Well, because that's where you can get attacked from. Well, the gun thing always makes me laugh too. Because obviously, I don't have a gun on me at work it's a workplace you right. know but i'm in a small office so it would probably not do me any good to have a gun with me anyway you have a limited amount of time to react in such a small space so male- there really is no equalizer between me and a male sure. in an office place yeah if you had to go hand-to-hand combat i'm probably going to lose almost mm-hmm. every time with a male right. <laughs> Yeah, so like I've never been sexualized that I know of, uh, <laughs> you know, and I've never been in a situation where someone looking at me made me feel unsafe. I mean, obviously, I've, I've felt danger. The human animal senses that danger, but my fight or flight or my sense of I'm in danger is triggered, you know, very rarely. Mm-hmm. You know, being a six foot, two hundred and eighty pound male, I'm not. I'm not your first target. You know, right? I'm and slow I- though. I'm not 5'11", I'm six foot tall. Shut your mouth. Uh, and so, you know, what? when a man in an office like that where you really feel like you have no protection or no ability to fight back, what is the psychology? What are the feelings that go on within you? Um, honestly, at that point, you have to rely on other males in the office. Like, that's really what it comes down to is you have to rely on somebody else to make sure that, you know, you're safe. Otherwise, I mean, there's pretty much nothing. You can remove yourself from the situation. That's it. But basically, I mean, the thought behind it is I'm just here trying to do a job. You know, I'm trying to focus and someone is sexualizing me. Like I'm not in a sexual situation. So I don't want you to comment on my physical appearance. Like I don't want to be told I look nice or I don't want you to, you know, talk about sexual situations especially when they put me in them or like ask questions or things like that so it's very it makes you very much aware of your vulnerability when you are sexualized or guys you said guys have created situations where the females end up you know you're in situations where you're they try to make you more vulnerable exactly yeah like uh so the and, and that's the historical reason for seduction. Like, if you read the book "The Art of Seduction" by Robert Greene, you know the art, the the book his book on power is basically kind of a history of of male power, and the book on seduction is kind of a history of female power, because female power it was all about seduction. Women have uh, and have had a lot of power. It's just more of an indirect art. 
Oh, completely. Yeah. Well, have you ever noticed when a woman is talking about her relationship issues, guys are always like, well, you know what you do, right? You cut them off. <laughs> like, that's our only power. That's all you can do. Cut them right. off. Like, you know, that's the solution. Meaning, just stop talking to him so I can start talking to oh, you. No, I mean, like, sexually. Like, if you're in, oh. like, like a boyfriend. Like, sure. if you're having boyfriend issues. Or he's not doing what I want him to do. Right. You know what you do. You know how you fix that? You cut him off. Like, that's yeah. always the, the advice. You know? I've been and in so- relationships. It's probably not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married. No, but, uh, you know, there. I work in an industry, and it has happened, and it has happened to me, and it has happened uh, a dozen times at the place that I work because it is a very... It's a very high-profile uh, radio show in a city. You know, one time, literally half the men in the city were listening to this show. Uh, you know, and, and so... There, there are certain interns that come in, and the guys just kind of go, "You need to watch out for that one. Don't, don't, you know." There's certain we we look out for each other because eventually you start to kind of figure it out. They're using flirtation to because they want to use their sexuality, whether there's contact or not. Just the hint of sexuality or the hint that there may be something there they use that to to try and target people uh and 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 get them to do things that for them because Mm -hmm. it it, it, it is a very common thing in the in the place that i work yeah women come in and they use their sexuality to get ahead right and they use it to manipulate people into opportunities Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And it is okay. something you really have to watch out for. I mean, there there are situations I know I know people who that has ruined their careers because they they took it too far with that person. Yeah, they you, thought it was real. They thought it they was. They thought that girl really wanted them. Yes, and not the opportunity that they had. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you don't trust me. You don't realize what's happening to you. No. So so. This is what I hear. So going to strip clubs at 21 years old and like learning the game there is almost self-defense. Uh, <laughs> That's in corporate a, no, life. no, corporate life. That, because no, once you start feeling the stripper, right, it's into you and really oh. into you, then, you know, you understand that type of game. That's what I'm talking about. Very true. Understanding the, the seduction part. Like, hey, she can act like she's into you, but she's not really into yeah, you. No, she's exactly. trying to get it's some, sales. Yeah, Stripping it's sales. is sales. Sales. For yeah. sure. We've, yeah. We should have Miranda. Oh, I wish we had Miranda here. Yeah, she'll tell you. She's out now she can come on right uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah yeah but, but that's just disparaging sex workers sex workers work so my my point ultimately is that there is a power dynamic at play in both sexes in multiple ways you know hannah is someone who is very intelligent i think you use your intelligence and your humor to display your best qualities and you want to get ahead and that's what you want to be known for in the workplace right right yeah well, so there is like a catch 22 to all this because I hear a lot of guys saying, I'm terrified right now. Like, I'm so scared. I'll be falsely accused, all this, all this stuff. Or how do I know? Like, like we had the conversation. Like, how do you know you're not a predator? How do you know you're not creeping out women in the workplace? I mean, our jobs are where we meet people. You build your social network there a lot of times. It's not uncommon to meet your spouse at your workplace. So what do we do? Do we just completely shut off all you can never compliment a woman in the workplace. I, I had this happen two days ago. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, which no, also ha- happens to women I don't, a lot. <laughs> I don't compliment women in the workplace. I, I did that the other day, and I freaked out for like an hour afterwards because I'm walking out, and as I'm walking out, 
one of the salespeople from the other side of the building was walking in and she looked great. And I don't mean this in a sexual way. She just, you yeah. could tell she had put a lot of thought into what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she had really like put this together. And so, which is, I said, probably the least sexual thing you could say. I didn't intend it this way. It's just, you know, I'm a middle-aged white man at this point. I'm like, that is a nice outfit. You look sharp. And I got in my car and I was like, <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. Yeah, career am I, ended. Am I going to come back to we need to have a conversation about that? Because it was not intended to be anything other. I live my life. I like complimenting people. I feel right. that people don't get enough compliments. And that was something that this woman had clearly put a lot of thought into her outfit. And I was trying to, and, but I was like, I panicked. Yeah, I was you, totally you, panicked. Like, you don't qualify for the Supreme Court now. <laughs> right. That. No. Um, but here's the catch. And I thought about this a lot when we talked about doing this show about... What are the rules? Like, how, what advice can I give a guy? And the truth is, like, it's situational. Yeah. And something that one guy could say to me, another guy could say the exact same thing, and it's going to creep me out. Yeah. But I might like it when so-and-so says it. Like, honestly, that's just the reality. Well, and it I can, sucks. I can make jokes to you that maybe Harry couldn't make jokes because you and right. I have an intimate friendship. Right. Because you, you, we have this group chat, and the group chat has become very friendly and very intimate. Yeah, and you know my intentions and my heart. Yes, you know, and so I can make jokes, and I make jokes that are wildly inappropriate, and I laugh to myself hysterically. Right, and you know, and like, and just, we both we have a dark sense of humor. Yes. like yeah, but but you don't have that same friendship. And, and with I Harry. don't know. I may not know where Harry's intent, what Harry's right. intent is, but. It, honestly, to your point, it comes down to physical attraction. This is a good-looking guy yeah. saying something nice. And like you said, power. Right. You know, I may not be as creeped out if a manager says, looking good today, but... Why? It's, because it's, it could help you get ahead? Right. My reaction will could, you know... It's validation that this person thinks positively and it might help you later in your career. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I may not, you know, I may not think anything of it, but have someone else say that to me, a coworker, and then I'm uncomfortable. And I mean, you know, but, it's not, it's not fun to think about it that way, but that, I mean, mm-hmm. that is, that is true. Yep. I think that's truth for a lot of the, the, females. Yep. The other issue too, though, is if we, if we sat down another woman right next to you, she may go, no, if he has power over me, I'm more uncomfortable with it. If it's someone true. who has no power over me. They can compliment me all day long. Yeah. Right. It, it, We're individuals, right? And, and this is part of the problem is, and, and maybe we've never had, like Ross Douthat wrote an article in the New York Times that I shared that I'll put in the show notes, basically talking about this is, this is, the, this is the fruit of the sexual revolution. And I've heard Ben Shapiro and some other people talk about this. Uh, when 50 years ago, sex was only to be had inside marriage. That was that was the appropriate place for sex. Now, you could choose to violate that social norm, and maybe there would be pressure around it, but you could you could violate that norm. And you it wasn't it it wasn't, you know, like 200 years ago where you're getting an A on your chest, you know, but but the default position for sex was inside a, a marriage, a committed relationship. And then the left comes along with a new set of values and says women can choose to have sex in whatever way they want, whenever they want. Men's men's sexual uh, default has never changed. If you want to have sex with me, I will say yes, by and large. Like 75% of the women, if they came up to us, to me and Harry, 
we would have sex with them. <laughs> you know, like that's been the default male position. But women have, there's been a change in the dynamic of uh, permission and consent on, on the female side. And so as we have said, sex doesn't belong inside marriage. It belongs inside a woman's right to choose who she does or does not have sex with. We have now taken... We have now taken women's no's and turned them in. We have taken their yeses and turned them into no's. And so for you to say, no, I do not want to have sex with you because I only have sex inside of marriage is much easier than to say, no, I do not want to have sex with you because of these reasons. Right. And it's a much it's a much harder thing for women. So now women and men too i've per- i personally have had sex with people where i'm just like i wish i had not done that i'm i'm i wish i were more sexually conservative than i have been um you like but, me. yeah you know and so it is much harder for people to say no now than it was then because we have changed the institution of sex inside of marriage that cultural institution that cultural norm has we have we have traded it for libertinism and it's hard to reject people. It's hard. Right. It's really hard. I mean, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, there, I've had people at, like, you know, at work, and it's not just where I work now, it's like other workplaces as well say, like, I hope I'm not creeping you out. But, and my immediate reaction, I don't know why, is always, oh, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Right. Despite whether or not they're actually you're creeping having out. those feelings. Because yeah. the conversation of, yes, you're creeping me out and I would like you to go away is much more awkward and much more difficult to have than just, no, 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 you're fine. Right. And yeah. you don't want to be labeled as that girl that had the problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's, oh. Oh, that oh. bitch. Oh, that's oh that she, girl. And yeah. I've had that as well. I have at times You don't said, say. I <laughs> have at that. Now, see, I understand <laughs> that because a lot of people say like uh, like racist uh, jokes and, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes you have to laugh it off because you don't want to be that black guy. Right. Like I'm sorry, Harry. I'd like to apologize for the last uh, two years of We Are Libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. Where it's just, you know, it's less awkward to defend yourself and sometimes. And sometimes right. it's not worth it. You know this person's just ignorant and mm-hmm. they're not going to understand once yeah. you right. tell them anyway. I, I think, and so let's take it to relationships. I mean, the, the sexual dynamics for a woman... I, I have long said, and this is this is a little graphic. Okay. Uh, this is a little graphic, but I think this is a delineation point for men, and uh, this is something that every man should think about. Um, you know, because as a man, you do hold a lot of power, and there comes a moment in any sexual encounter where you're on top, and you're knocking at the door, and you can choose to do whatever you'd like, or what I always try to do is, are you sure? take that extra beat of consent and say and it's never it never ruins the mood or anything but i i would i will tell you 50% of the time the answer is no i don't want to and if you don't ask and you don't give them a safe moment to say yes or no then you're somebody's regret right and like my worst fear in any kind of relationship is being somebody's regret like i have had that happen and it's just like you can tell when they leave they're just not they they didn't want to do that and you're just like it was it wasn't even remotely inappropriate but you can just tell it's like they they were people pleasing right because they didn't personally have the courage to say i want to stop here right. even if you give opportunities sometimes and so that is that is really why like it, it is and that that situation for instance it's like doesn't matter if i 
have three moments of consent. It's he said, she said, she leaves. She walks out the door, regrets it, and then gets mad at me. And then all of a sudden, the power turns. It, it's in her hands, and she she can say this happened, this happened, this happened. Right. You know, but I think what what the difference between um your animal instincts and being a gentleman is taking that moment to kind of realize the power that you have and caring for the person that you're with and making sure that you're not somebody's regret. Uh, and, you know, like I even go as far as asking, like most, of the, sometimes you can tell, like sometimes there's no need for, cons- there's no need for right. questioning. Like it's pretty clear what's about to happen, you know, but if it's not, it's like, Hey, can I kiss you? And, I would say 75% of the time later down the road in that relationship, the woman's like, I really appreciated that you asked to kiss me. It doesn't hurt. It, no. And like, if anything, you're going to get brownie points for being like cute and at least innocent right. seeming. Yeah. Despite whether that's the case or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's true. I, luckily, I'm a lot more assertive in my personal life than I am my professional life. So I've never been in that situation where I've, had regrets. I mean, I'm usually very assertive and, you red, know. Red hair, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and and at that point, you've made someone a victim. In their own mind, like you said, they have power over you. They really, truly are a victim in their own minds. Yeah. You know, like whether or not, yeah, you had the consent. But once you start regretting that, you know, those are now victims. So, I mean, I think it comes down to, like, understanding body language. Like, if you are questioning whether or not you're a predator learn body language you yeah. know learn how to read people because okay. that all right. okay. well i just i just want to say like going back to that conversation of why don't you want to go to the bathroom well because when men leer at me i feel like i'm i'm a rabbit and they're a wolf i feel personally unsafe and i said how many times a day do you feel that way and you said i mean depending on the day but yeah several I mean, several times a day, a woman will feel like she's hunted. Yeah. You know, like prey. And so I started, like, I really tried to take that in and go, okay, if I'm at the gym, because it's so hard not to look at the butts. The gym. Yeah. That's where you realize that you, we really are all just animals. Yeah. For sure. That's it. That's the. And so you try to, like, go, okay, I'm going to make sure that I change my behavior so that I am a respectful person. Because you, even just looking, you don't want to make somebody feel a certain way. And, you know, and it's just, it's, it's also depends on how you look. Like, obviously, if somebody walks by, in my opinion, your eye is going to bounce down. It's human nature. It's going to happen. But do you stay there? You know, do, do you, you lick your lips? Do you knee, elbow your buddy? Right. <laughs> and then, and then think of that. Now you have like a herd on you when that happens, when they're all standing around and they look at each other and they look at you. You, you know, in my mind, it's like, great, not have to fight three of them. Right. You know, that's your animal instinct going, oh, no. You know, that's no fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, you want, say what up. you want to say. Back up. Uh-oh. Okay. A couple of things. One, um, humans, we're animals. We're predators. We look at things that are move. We move. You're, you're moving. It's moving. Everything's moving. We look at it. We stare at movement. It's what our eyes do. Ah. True. Now, granted, no, I, like I said, on. there's a difference between looking a, and leering. Correct. There's a big right. difference between looking and leering. There, and then from like sitting there, grabbing by his, hey, look at this, something like, look at that. Yeah. 
Do some guys do that? Pause. Yes, yes, they do. Do women? Some women do that? Heck yeah. Yep. I work with predominantly women, and they mm-hmm. are, I say they are worse. Uh, I would agree. Worse. Yeah, yeah 100%. Okay. Because they think they can get away with it. I. Anytime somebody thinks they can get away with something, they are worse about it. Stop wearing my tight jeans. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. I moved one thing in my little, like my tight jeans. I like them, you know, like that. And I got a comment on my backside. Stop wearing them. And you see now to me, I would know that you're the type of person that wouldn't want these comments. Like you're the type of guy that does not want somebody I'm commenting. The I want to be you. Yeah. I would totally say nice ass fingle. Yeah. You know, thank you. Maybe even it's a not, little slap. It's not that I wouldn't. <laughs> it's not that I didn't care for the comment. Right. It's just more of a. I hated that they could make that comment, and I couldn't. Uh, I felt uncomfortable. I right. couldn't make a comment like that. It's unfair. That's what I don't like. It's un- I hate the unfair. Yeah, the unf- that's unfair. And that's a big thing. I think as a man right now, it feels very unfair. And I was talking to somebody, and they're like, you know, in my industry, again, the, it, so I was at this conference this past week, mm-hmm. and there, there were two segments in the radio industry. There were middle-aged white men and older, mm-hmm. and then there were intersectional females. There and if you were our age at this convention, and you there were there were very few men my age at this, and like I just looked at one point and I just said, if you're a man in your twenties, go into the trades because if you're <laughs> if you're going into professional work, like mm-hmm. you're now competing, like you are you are so under like if you're I read this article in the New York Times about a black female writer who's the head writer of a show, like she cannot stop she has to turn down work every single day because they want to and listen there's nothing wrong with that but it does and i have personally lost out on opportunities because i'm a man and they want a female on Mm -hmm. this certain project because it's entertainment it's 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 entertainment it's it's you're putting people out there and you go and someone said well now you know what it's like to be a woman in the workplace i said Fuck that. I didn't say this, but I thought it. I was like, fuck that. The goal is not for me to be subjugated. Yes, exactly. The goal is for you not to be treated differently than right. me. Right. right. The, and you don't treat me differently in the process of doing that. And I think we're trying to tilt the pendulum so far that it's it's creeping into unfairness and unjustness in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, in terms of talent level, there was no doubt about that, that I should have gotten this opportunity and the other person shouldn't. Right. And I'm very happy for that person. Like, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, yeah. it, it, it is just the nature of it. And so I'm sorry, the argument that now you know what it's like to me. And, what, and like, I'm, that's, not a, that's not valid to me. That's yeah. not a, an acceptable. No, that's not a good way of looking yeah. at things at all. Yeah. All right. Now, back to the sexual encounter. Okay. okay? And you're asking because Rick said, now, keep in mind, as I bring this all up, I've had sex with one person. Right. Okay. My high school sweetheart. I didn't really go through the whole, I haven't gone through like the whole dating thing. And if I did, it was awkward for both of us because we were teenagers learning about this whole thing anyways. Right. So it's a consent thing, right? Like I get that asking for before I put because I even, I still do that. Okay. I get that. Right. Mm-hmm. But the regret thing, I started thinking like that. And you say like, what body language is like, so as a man, I have to be what a body language expert. <laughs> So I have to be the I be the body I have to be an FBI level body language expert, and then somehow be some Jamaican um, psychic t- fortune teller to read this person's mind. Okay, if that's not a if 
if that's not an application to go, you know what? I'm enough gay to go gay. Okay. You know, Hannah, he, Harry has a point yeah. in that we are turning women into into victims and robbing them of their agency. And like, I'm sorry, but you know, if you don't want to have sex with me, it's your job to tell me. Like, right. Especially if I've given you stop signs. Yeah. You know, like at yeah. some point, women need to like, I don't know. Oh, there's... And, and I'm the type of person that owns it for sure. But yeah. I'm... I'm mm-hmm. a very assertive, I, and people tell me that constantly. You're very assertive, bitchy, whatever, right. in, in your personal life. That, but that's my personality. I can relate to, fe- I, I can't personally relate, but I can understand how shyness uh, and lack of self-confidence plays into why women don't say no. Sure. But he, here's my it's, other thing. It, it's happened with me. I'm not an assertive man, you well, know, in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I've... In a lot of ways, that's hurt me. I mean, we've had this with the Jordan Peterson conversations. Like assertiveness, it's again, it's like we've we've made these sweeping generalizations about the sexes, and then it's like everything's so discombobulated now that like really it comes down to individualism and not collective responsibility. It's it's your job to not let people touch you in a way that you don't want to be touched. And if they if they do violate that, I don't know. Shouldn't we just err on the side of don't touch people? Unless right. they That's give you what, right. permission to Correct. touch That's them? That's what I'm saying. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like like I said, it's making I, – I, the one thing that a lot of this third-wave feminism crap has done is making women not own their shit. Okay? They for uh, they want to, at the same time, tell me that, that women can take provisions of power and be president of the United States. But hold on a second. Then if Putin – could Putin rape Hillary because she won't say anything, and then I'm out my president sitting there getting raped by the uh, another uh, superpower? What I know I'm being hyper. What just happened here? Hold on, hold on. Back, the thing is, right? International a, relations. I think it's the whole international. But because of the fact that if you're trying to tell me that a woman and a in in in, in type of account like that won't speak up about their accuser stuff like that, then how does this deal with how does that just opposed to any other situation in the workplace or in international relations or any type of position of power? That's where my mind gets stuck sometimes that happened with merkel when putin brought his dogs in she's terrified of dogs and he brought in these massive huskies mm-hmm. in a meeting with merkel but, i mean is it that's not a gender thing like i'm no, not afraid of dogs i love huskies it's a power yeah. dynamic it's a power dynamic it's, you know he, well that could be with anyone though you could find that trump's afraid of spiders and bring in a bunch of spiders it's like, exactly that's not right. a gender yeah. issue that's the thing i'm saying like and the whole like the like well all women are sexual assaulted and all stuff like that that's where i guess like well it takes gotta speak up well and, ha- and it's not and it's not a, all men's responsibility to like i said read all these like body language signs they have you have to say something and if you can't i, I guess what's going on let me translate what's- let me translate okay. <laughs> all right okay i know exactly what you mean because it is very confusing because women for instance want the door held for them mm-hmm. and then 25 percent look back at you and go you think i couldn't do that myself right and so the world, the women have women have such different standards now, which is fine, mm-hmm. but they don't have the same assertiveness of language like men do. Like at work, when I look at when I look at any one of my coworkers, I treat my coworkers all exactly the same, regardless of anything, age, sex, whatever. And right. I have one female coworker that when I do that, it half the time she's like, "You're such an asshole." And it's because I I say when I look at Oscar I go I need he's my he he reports to me I go I need you to edit this video post this and do this got it on it 
Not one thought about it. Mm-hmm. I'll look at somebody else. I'll go, I need you to, can you go through the comments and check this out? Well, could you be a little nicer about it? No, because I'm treating you the exact same way that I would treat a man. And, you know, and so the rules aren't different. So you, you, and so what is coming back to men is that if you want us to treat you the same way, if you want us to treat you with respect, like you, we need to have a conversation about it without us being homophobic, misogynistic, blah, blah, mm-hmm, blah. You know, it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we don't even want to have the conversation half the time because it just feels like if we had these public conversations, we're just going to get this. Yeah, we're going to get jumped on. Right. We're going to get piled on. And it's yeah. kind of unfair right. because we can't figure out the rules because of two things. First, that conversation of like, you're just this way, you're just this way, you're just this way. And two, men are not supposed to be weak in any way, shape, or form. And I can tell you that every single time that I have been in a relationship since my divorce Mm -hmm. and I have cried or I have expressed some deep-seated fear, it's over within two weeks. Oh, Look look at the joke. All the jokes are Kavanaugh. All the jokes are Kavanaugh. Well, he's crying. Right. It's too emotional. Right. He's too emotional. He's angry. No. It, 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 like I, he he didn't open up and tell us his story about his his drinking as a kid. It's like because he's not supposed to show weakness. Men are not supposed to show weakness. The second you show weakness, the second that you show fear, the second that you kind of shed that Superman persona, mm-hmm. everybody starts kind of judging you. Your men, friend, your male friends call you pussies. Your female friends, you know, your, the women that you mm-hmm. date are less attracted. But I also think women go through that too, where women in the workplace don't feel that they can show any weakness either. Oh, because well, no, it's like it's the not Hillary a good leader. You're not right. a good leader if you're weak. A, a good leader isn't is a weak, sensitive right. person generally. But okay, so I think I understand what Harry's saying is that women want to be treated equally, but they're not even willing to put their foot down when it comes to their own bodies. Like Correct. saying no. Like yes. how hard is it just say no? And I completely agree with you. I have been sexually harassed. In the workplace, but I have never been sexually assaulted. It would not get to that point. If it did, I would do everything in my power to get that person fired, Mm -hmm. basically ruin their life, to be completely honest. So, yeah, I totally think that we do need more accountability on part of... But, like, if it got to the point where someone sexually assaulted me, they would know they were sexually assaulting me because of my body language. You know what I mean? So that's where the body language comes into. Like, if I'm obviously trying to get away from you you know and you touch me anyway you would you would be very well aware and that's yeah. where i come from in body language mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying if if their eyebrows twitching they don't want to you know but that's not some of the cases that do come up they're not right. like well i subtly dipped my shoulder i scowled and i went like this and looked at them funny there wasn't no movement stuff like there, that there's like that. and then you were told like you're attacking an uh, uh an attack uh, a victim and attracting the victim and asking these type of questions, but you're not ruining someone's life who's actual who is who is a harasser who does it by who does constant harassment after being told that is somebody that is a predator that you're not ruining their lives their lives is they're ruining their own life right and that's a difference the legal definition of the sexual harassment it's constant you keep doing it after especially after being told to stop right verbally I, I think men want women to be more assertive. That, I think yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying. Yes. And, and I also want, like, yeah. like w- women's liberation really breaks down when it's time to carry the cooler in the track. Um, you know, it's like my friend, our, our, <laughs> our friend Hannah, 
our other friend Hannah, who's on the program. What an Indianapolis thing yes. to say. You know, she she's super feminist now. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you didn't even help carry my cooler into the racetrack. I go, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were equal. You know, right. like, and, uh, you know how much shit. Which I, I knew I was being a dick about it, but mm-hmm. it's also and like. That's not. I don't think that. If you had asked me politely, I would have, but you you shouldn't expect me to just do this thing for you because right. you're a weak woman and I'm a strong man. Like that's not the that's not the rules anymore. That's right. like if you want help, then you need to ask for help. I I mean I think the what you're hearing and like you know the tweets that we see and like what's portrayed on the media about equality is you know that we really do want to be exactly equal. Like I, I think it's like a very few. Like it's a very small amount of females that are actually you saying still kind of want the special treatment a little bit, right? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. no, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm saying like it's situational. What one guy can do is different than what another guy can do, right? Like, I wish, sorry, I wish I could you find know, the photo of myself sitting in the car with the heat on and this heat seater on with uh, my wife outside pumping gas. <laughs> it's like <laughs> negative five, and I'm sitting there like. <laughs> but i've ran into problems in my life like i mean being from like a hillbilly background like i can you know work on my own cars to a certain extent i can do all these things i'd like to to shoot and hunt and fish and i've struggled in relationships with like men saying like well you're emasculating me if Mm -hmm. you change your own oil things like that (laughs) so like you know so yeah i'm sorry there's certain men want like I think right. men don't don't really want us to be equally there because they get enjoyment, they feel important when they get to do things that women didn't don't do. Right? Or like it, it makes you feel good when you hold the door or whatever. Right. Like you know. So do we really want that level of equality? No, I think we just want you know. I think one thing that we could take away is just that people are are individuals, not collectives. Right. Exactly. Right. Because um, you, that one thing is um. You know, uh, Lacey opens the door for me. Yeah. She opens the door for Why me. Why not? She opens well, the door. Well, you're pampered as fuck. <laughs> you can't even argue Speechless. with Speechless. <laughs> no arguing. You, oh, you're the yeah. only co-host with a contract. <sighs> Mr. I don't answer any messages. I don't return your replies. I return your replies. Barely. If they're, uh, uh, no, I had to say something. No, you don't. Uh, no. Um, yeah, and and men have different rules, and that's what it comes down to. Is like men, I treat different women different. Like, like you and I are bros, right? Like me and K- Caitlin, we're bros. Like, there's, right. there's a different dynamic between mm-hmm. me and another friend that I may be interested in dating, or if there's a person that is, you know, like it, it just there. You every person has different roles that's, with different, and people. that's what I mean by body language, right. and like no, no. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Like, know where where the limits lie. Because sure. they're different. The limits are going to be different for everyone. Like, and, and I struggle with this because, you know, you always have people who are closer to you in the workplace. Or, like, you, you know, you probably have girls at work that you could say whatever you wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Grace is my little sister. Like, she and I are, are best friends. We're like brother and sister. So, we don't say anything. So, so in that situation, like I have guys who can come in and, and just say whatever they want. I'm going to laugh. I think it's hilarious. Right. And then what sucks is other people see that and think that they can partake in it. Yes. And then instantly I'm like, no, you're a predator. <laughs> but it's not fair because right. he just saw another guy say the same thing, you know? So, and, and it sucks, but that is how 
how I feel. Well, that's that's where reason has to kick in. Right. And this is I really feel like what we're missing is everybody's so emotional. Like I'm sorry, and I this may be offensive. I'm the first person to speak up and say women like women go through a lot of trauma and it's very bad and we need to like if you're married to a woman it is not her wifely duty to fuck you if she doesn't want to fuck you like right. like there are little things like that that we still have guys our age who think that way right like uh, those oh, things yeah. are wrong but at the same time i'm not going to argue your sexual trauma as if that is a relevant data point in whether or not this guy should be confirmed to the supreme court <laughs> you weaponizing your personal story that I can't argue with unless I look like an asshole is mm-hmm. not is not a relevant argument. It's Correct. not an argument that I'm not even I'm not and in, in fact I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm sorry that happened to you, but that's not relevant to the discussion. And mm-hmm. you should see the way that I get like it's oh it's World War Three and that's what it's designed to do. Yeah. It's it, I'm sorry, your personal story mm-hmm. you know, it's like Connie Chung saying, I know what it was like, Dr. Blasey Ford. I was sexually molested by my doctor at twenty. Like, okay, well, so because you were molested and a lot of other women are molested or raped and Blazy Ford feels that she went through this, mm-hmm. that somehow collectively Dr. Cav or, you know, Judge Kavanaugh has done that and he's, you know, like, I'm sorry, that's all bullshit. That's emotional appeals that we're going to throw out immediately. And the, the, what separates us from animals is reason. The ability to look at that situation and you to say, uh you're not allowed to say that to me. Okay, step back from that and let's examine this. Here's the situation. I was joking. He thought he could get in on it. He means no harm. Move on. That's yeah. that little piece of reason where you can take that individual situation, step back and examine it. That's what separates you from animals. And I feel that there are a lot of people just engaging in animalistic behavior and just screeching because they, they're not stepping back and reasoning through any of this. Correct, yeah. And you also understand that because also those people are doing that is because you do go to work, you meet these people all the time. You're slowly but surely forming that tribal mentality with all these people. So all of them yeah. are trying to get in on that major, major, that main click. Right. So that's what's forming there in that group. So like you watch people moving in and trying to just like, we just got a new hire this week and I watched him try, you know, he's slowly cracking jokes. Now we're slow and, and a lot of the women in the office are slowly allowing to make other certain jokes like that. Right. And he's always, I see right before he makes a joke or he makes one, he will shoot, shoot the one then look at me too. Right. To make sure like, did I, you know, like, can you give me a verbal cue? Did I do okay? Right. You know, and, and I see, and I kind of see that by, at least that's what I perceive. I am reading this dude's mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have no idea if he's really doing that or not. Could be, could be, could be not. I don't know. Is it just me or like a year into any job anywhere? You have like your click and mm-hmm. you're, you look around at these people one day and you're like, yep. you have so much dirt on me that it, it's unreal. Yeah. Like the jokes yeah. that are made, uh, oh, like, yeah. like you never, think that you're going to be that unprofessional in a professional setting (laughs) but like as soon as the doors are closed you're like it it's the conversations are oh it's like let's all like i think everyone pretends that like at the we're in the workplace we're all professionals Mm -hmm. like there are no professionals we're all monkeys throwing shit oh absolutely i have been absorbed by the ladies in hr i'm a part of their clique okay (laughs) all right and i did and how I really found out, right? I was a part of their clique when they were like, hey, let's go to breakfast, right? I was like, cool, let's go to breakfast. And they sit there and they start ordering mimosas. They're like, oh, I'm so glad ladies decided to take this day. You know, it's Evie. And I'm sitting there like drinking my coffee. I'm like, 
Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the girls now. Okay. It's where I'm at now. You You're know? a middle-aged white woman. Yeah. And then I sat there at the table. I was like, I Harry, sh-. Harry really is a middle-aged white and woman. And I should have said, like, like, hey, hey, yoga, I'm a guy here yeah. at this table. Then my brain goes, huh, then I'll just be that guy that, sh- you know, or just like the lady go, like, hey, I'm not a guy. And I, so I just thought I was just sit there, just take it, you know, drink my coffee. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, people make the mistake, and this comes down to uh, sort of what Thomas Sowell identified in his book, A Conflict of Visions, that there's really, it boils down to two two worldviews. The conservative worldview, of which I would consider myself, is that there are just limits to humanity, that there are rules in the universe, there's rules within human nature, and you have to identify those rules, and then everybody kind of needs to agree to this is how the rules, this is how humans work and how we operate, mm-hmm. and we need to define things according to this. And then there's the other group of people who think that there's unconstrained potential within the human race and that anything is achievable if we just centrally plan it enough. And I think that's why you see within the libertarian movement, you see those two strains kind of fighting with each other a lot of times. I'm very much a person who believes, who comes from more of that conservative mindset of, uh, and it stems from my Christian faith, that there's just, you know, and my my interest in evolutionary psychology. Like, we're the same animals as 10,000 years ago before human history was even written. Evolutionarily, there's not that much time between us and the first writings of humans. And so we're the same people who were on the plains traveling in small packs of people, and we find meaning. I, th- I find meaning in the group chat that I'm in with Hannah. Right. You know, having that tight group of five or six males and females, and we share each other, and, we're, you know, we are libertarians has been that for us over the years. It has given us that meaning because we have people who Harry and I couldn't be more different people in a lot of ways, but there's that mutual love and respect between the two of us around that common shared interest and contract and the, and the group dynamics between us. It's like, and it's the same with work. That's our little work tribe. And then we have our home tribe and then we have our, this tribe and, you know, mm-hmm. we move in and out of these little tribes all day long. But then the problem with society today is that we're trying to put too much on the human software. That is the mind. We're trying to fit too much pressure onto, we're trying to, create a tribe of 360 million people or we're trying to create a tribe of all men or we're trying to create a tribe of of republicans and it's too much and that's why libertarianism is the only workable political philosophy because what it does is it shrinks government which is tribal warfare by a different name it shrinks it down to a manageable level and so when you when you erase these massive structures above us that are trying to rule us and you get it down to just these small groups of people that you can know every person in the tribe, it, it is perfectly compatible with the human brain. It is perfectly compatible. And so, you know, well, how will we, how will we deal with this? There will be less crime. There will be less, there will be more prosperity. There will be less tensions. There will always be rapists. There will always be murders. There will always be defects in that software. There will always be a virus in the mind of people. You know, and so, but the way to deal with people on on a smaller level is much easier a lot of times, especially if you've agreed on the rules from the outset. And so, that's why libertarianism is is the this philosophy is the only one that is workable with the human experience. And so, we find meaning in these tribes, and we're trying to do too much right now. And so, that's why when you get on Facebook, which is completely geared to read Jonathan Heights. Uh, book about why politics and religion divide us, the righteous mind. 
And it, it, it's basically saying you're just immediately like you see it and it flips something in your brain and you're like <laughs> like a monkey, like screaming at the zoo as, you know, the monkey flies up in front of the people and then just starts throwing his shit at the window. You know, it's like that's how we're acting on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Because it's the part of our brain that is just like you're just immediately like defend, defend, defend. I mean, and that's so triggered. Yeah. Yeah. Triggered is a, it's a great word, but it's so true. That's what's it's, happening. Yeah. And so that's why nothing on Facebook actually changes your mind. You're not in a place where you're in a safe setting. The reason that this podcast is so effective in changing the way that people think is because we invite you into our tribe. We say, hey, come hang out with us. Join us. This is a safe place for you to hear a bunch of differing opinions. You may agree or not agree, but at the end of the day, we're all still friends. You know, And so you kind of step into our little tribe. Uh, as opposed to a, a lone distant voice in the wilderness screaming at you, this is what you ought to do and how you need to live your life, which is less effective. So th- the the point is that we we have people who have an incorrect view of how the, how humanity can operate. It's why I'm inherently against progressives. You cannot you cannot legislate the fundamental issues of the human heart. Like you cannot legislate away murder or rape or you can't shame rape out of people you can change behavior with shame with with shame and guilt but that will only take you so far before they get resentful and then they bam start fighting you back persuasion without force because in my mind shame and guilt you weaponizing it and using it as a political tool is it's um I'm not going to say it's a violation of the the non-aggression principle, but it's definitely not an appropriate way to get people to change their behavior. Manipulating people and making them feel scared is not a really good way. It's a great way to actually get them to do what you want, but if you want to have lasting change and have people be better people, it's a terrible way to do it. You have to persuade people to live better lives. And you have to have people on like Hannon to say, here's how I feel as a human being when I'm leered at. And then you go, wow, okay, well, I don't want, I'm, I'm an empathetic animal and I don't want to project, have my, have my uh, presence project that sentiment onto you. I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to be happy and, and safe. And, and, and that's how you persuade people. It's not by going, if you look at Hannah and you look at her ass and you leer, then you are a horrific human being. You are disgusting excuse for a man like that right that is contradictory to to how you actually change people right and i when the me too hashtag first started i thought this is a really good idea like it's going to show the magnitude of situation and then it got so derailed and became man-hating yeah and like you say it's not just an issue it's not just an issue that females face Mm -hmm. men also face harassment in the workplace yeah so then and then the, what I really hated about the Me Too thing was the uh, hashtag, how I will change. Did right. anyone see this? No. Where men were encouraged to hashtag how they will change. Right. Like hashtag how I will change. Like what you will do differently. That's destructive. Yeah. Or white knighting but, Ooh, okay. and projecting. And to me, it's like the men who are willing to hashtag how I will change are not the men that need to change. That's true. Like mm-hmm. the men who are asking the question, how do I not become a predator? Like. They're probably not the ones yeah. that are the predators. And that's been my experience so far. It's like anyone who has said, you know, I'm so worried now, like, you know, there's no due process and it's a witch hunt and you have to prove your innocence now and everything. Like, how, I, you know, I, 
or, you know, Donald Trump Jr. saying that he's more <laughs> worried about his son, which is ridiculous, but he's more worried about his son than his daughter when it comes to like, you know, this. Did you see that tweet? Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically, he's he was interviewed and he said, are you more worried for your son or your daughter? And he said, right now, my son. He's not wrong. No, I think there is very much a um, th- it's being abused. And, and, you know, Melissa Donahue, I'll name her, is a person who has claimed for a year to two years now that I sexually harassed her because one of our friends made a meme that called her, it was a Jurassic Park meme, <laughs> only the C word was used instead of park, and she claimed that was me sexually harassing her when I didn't make the meme, I didn't send the meme to her, I specifically told people not to post that because that, you know... Mm-hmm. Right. But that was me sexually. But her saying I'm a sexual harasser is her way, uh, and it happens all the time. It's like if you disagree with me politically, you can give me the death penalty if you're credible enough. Now, thankfully, no one takes her seriously, you know. But it it is it's a scary proposition, especially as somebody who is in a prominent position who speaks out. In um, uh, I stand up, and any, anybody who pushes eventually. Your time's coming. It's like, you know, we talk about at work. It's like, uh, you know, got to be careful. It's like, there's no too careful. Like, it's your time's coming. If you're if you're making jokes for a living or if you're talking politics for a living, somebody somewhere is going to get pissed off about what you said or they're going to be mad about some personal vendetta and they're going to come out and say something against you. And, and all you can really do is just live your life in a way that when that happens, your friends will stand up for you and that people will kind of go... Yeah, it doesn't seem like him. And like by all accounts, that's what's happened with Kavanaugh. Like he's lived a life that doesn't seem like – trust me, I've worked with a lot of scumbags. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of one in particular right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and so when that guy's time comes, there's going to be a lot of people going, yeah, it makes total sense because he's a total ass bag. But yeah. So yeah. like back to Harry's point about basically accountability with females, accountability to say no and step up and stand up for yourself. I think there also comes accountability for – uh, women to put pressure on and and basically publicly shame women who get caught falsely accusing men of sexual assault, sexual harassment, like the yeah. false accusation using the fact that this is a hot button topic right now to get ahead. Misuse of the Me Too hashtag. Right. I mean, it's unacceptable. Women go through divorces and they'll throw out restraining or try to, you know, mm-hmm. request restraining orders for sexual assault and this and that. Just because they want, you know, more rights to the children or they want their house that they're living in. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable. Uh, you, if you've listened to Amanda's story, you you see you hear what judges see on a daily basis. And so when a perfectly reasonable man comes in with a personal, perfectly reasonable divorce and they try to use that that bullshit of he he he's abusive. They like my ex-wife claimed and I'm sorry, we're friends now, but she did claim to a few friends in the heat of the moment which she's apologized for now in the heat of the moment that we broke up because I abused her. She didn't specify what the abuse was. Right. The the three friends that she said it to literally laughed in her face. Right. Because they know me and I'm Winnie the Pooh. Like, okay, yes, he hit you. Okay, right. He's never hit a thing in his life. Right. But it's unacceptable. I mean, honestly, we should ostracize them. Like, how dare you? Like, you're basically spitting in the face of all the true victims, all the real victims. You're bogging down our court systems with these bullshit claims. Mm -hmm. It's it's Mm -hmm. unacceptable. And we don't see enough of that. Now... From what I've seen, and of course this is like from Vice articles and stuff, so take it, you know. But 
it's like two percent of women, like two percent of the sexual assault claims are proven, proven to be false. It's it's anywhere from two to ten percent. That's what I've seen. Yeah, in court records. Yeah, yeah, of like. But True. having having had a couple women say things about me that are completely false, right? That literally one happened recently where I'll just sue the person for defamation, like like I right. just will because it's it's completely defamatory, and like but it doesn't matter. It, it is it, it's like who's who's going to tell that person that they're being inappropriate, right? You know who's going to right? Who, we need like, to. We should be. To, you know, we should be. And there's two things that women crazy women do oh, my, that hold on my point was that but i'm never going to take them to court like i'm never, exactly. like melissa donahy i've said i will sue you for defamation like you're claiming something that is false you're you're meeting all three criteria of defamation i can take you to court for this i'm yeah. never going to take her to court because yeah, she's not a credible person right you know but it, it is it, it using court records saying falsely accused two to ten percent it's like yeah, but yeah, that's very, only the ones that were very few of those to go court. To, right. Yeah, most. Yeah. yeah, if you go through a divorce, trust me, you will go through this process of being falsely accused by your mm-hmm. ex-wife. Yep. It's every single one. Yeah, every no. single time. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I no. interrupted. Well, it's it's like <laughs> it becomes like two things that I really can't stand that crazy women do is like the like fake a pregnancy real quick to yeah. get you back immediately. Yep. Been and there. right. Yep. And then uh and then when that doesn't work or, you know, instead of using that line of attack, we'll say, Well, we broke up. Like you're allowed to break up with people. Right. People are allowed to break up mm-hmm. with you. You don't need an excuse. You don't need a reason to get a divorce. If your religion right. requires that you have a, a reason to get a divorce, like maybe you should consider a different religion. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But and then and then comes the well, he beat me. That's why I'm leaving. And like yeah. th- those are unacceptable excuses. Yeah, because we have no four divorces. All right, so like, uh, all right, so it was the what's that? I can't remember that comedian's. Uh, he made a joke. He's the guy that's um, Ariana Grande's um, boy, uh, boyfriend. Pete now, Dom- you know, Pete yeah, Dominic. Yeah, some whatever. He's um, he's he's no, getting ready to go. He's getting ready to go to the backseat of history for being <laughs> Ariana Grande's husband in a bit. But Pete he, somebody. Yeah, he made a joke about switching out her birth control for Tic Tacs. You know, it's this way he can. You know, he made a joke about it, oh. but he does dark humor. But right. he made a joke about it this way. She because she is more popular. She's going to continue to be more popular and make more money over time. So he's like, I'm going to trap her this way and get you know right. so she'll be pregnant with my and, and you know have to be with him. And these women like lashed out on him. He's doing all this da 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 da. But there's jokes about that all the time. Oh, about about, really? that, about, about women doing uh, cutting putting holes in the NBA players. Um, uh, uh, what condoms right yeah and there's and there's still some of the people out there that of guys who are out there paying child support right now because the woman said i was on the pill and they and they didn't yet they were and that they, they still have to pay child support for that but that's not considered abuse do you remember even they were lied to oh it totally is it totally is i understand what you're saying is i like for some reason women aren't shamed but no that's that's yeah. total manipulation it, it just happens in regular totally. life do you remember the girl that i dated last winter? yeah no that it kind of I, I checked her facebook around september and she but it, it was very clear she was ready to be pregnant yeah and was like you it was yeah. and i was like okay 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 and then didn't do anything about it and i was like okay we're not we're just this is done like you're trying to you're trying to get pregnant and i'm not willing to get you pregnant i mean it 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 happens to regular people all the time it's just uh, yeah i'm sorry your baby fever is that crazy but i met uh i got a a friend who is a girl 
got her really drunk. We get drunk together all the time. All right, I like where this is going. <laughs> Locker room talk. High five, Hannah. Yeah, she gets very dirty, but I don't. I'm above that. <laughs> but um, she was, t- and she like you know told me that you know like sometimes she accidentally forgets her birthday because she really wants a kid. Yeah, and I'm like, it's like just tell him, yeah. okay, or just come up to it. It's like it's like like it's like I know your boyfriend. He enjoys taking and playing with my daughter. He's if you talk to them, like maybe this is a step you need to have. But entrapping him like this oh, and doing God. stuff like this, you will not. You, if you think this, you, you will hurt that child because the chances of you're sick of getting to, staying together to that kid eighteen. That's a coin flip at that point. Yeah, because he he will feel lied to. Oh, for sure. You know, I saw some, uh, I saw a young, like 18 year old female friend of mine. She shared this meme basically making fun of men and their fears. And I just thought, you know, if I shared a meme about sexual assault, like you'd be the first person to be mad about it. Like it's not, it's like to me, it just was, it was just was kind of like in poor taste because everything that right. was, you know, let me see if I can find it. But, this reminds me, like, my healthcare teacher told me the two, like, the survival tactics for, for high school, uh, for going to college. One, don't be alone with white women. Um, the other one was um, think about um, getting the... Uh, Did you that? say don't be alone with white women? Don't be, yeah, she's yeah. told me do not be alone with white... The room full of black guys, do not be alone with white women. Your mom said this to you? No. This is the, this is the uh, sex ed teacher at my school to all the black guys, do not be alone with white women. Do okay. Do it. Right. Being, Why don't you go to school? The Northwest. Northwest. It's, the Northwest. Trust me. Public school. Harry, the was, best the, Harry was not a minority at Northwest. No. Okay. It's the best advice someone ever gave me. Don't be Miranda alone went to Northwest. Okay. Enough said. <laughs> How dare you. It was a very, very no. prestigious it, school. They've obviously made some legends. It's closed down. How dare you. It's just recently closed down. Anyways, uh, what's the other one? Was um, to um, think about um, taking the bullets out of the gun, if you say. Uh, so freezing some sperm and get it, getting a step and just this way oh, you cannot. getting be, a vasectomy? Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll just leave that one alone. <laughs> Continue. I was like. <laughs> it's the low-hanging fruit is there. She, is she going to say it? <laughs> this is your funniest joke ever, but you can't say it. No. <laughs> What? No, Nothing. we'll just, tell you off here. Nah. Uh, no, so this is the meme. Uh, sexual assault hysteria is taking over. False accusations can happen to anyone. How you can protect yourself from unfounded sex crime allegations. Use the buddy system. Ensure that you always have an alibi. Bring a trusted friend everywhere you go. Yes, even to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Don't go alone after, after dark. Uh, you might be mistaken for a rapist. If you're out at night, keep to a well-lighted path where everyone can see you're not raping anybody. Don't drink too much. False accusers will take advantage of your vulnerable state. Don't dress like a rapist. Rapey-looking clothing can make you look like a target for false accusers. Don't attend parties where other people are drinking. People under the influence of alcohol may not be able to control their rape accusation impulses. (laughs) Stay at home alone with the doors locked every day and night. It's the only way to be sure. Uh, now this is by a feminist, and it's a it's a meme, and yeah. it's uh, you know it's making fun of men kind of crying. Yeah. Like, mm. uh, it, it's a well, f- it's a funny meme, but at the same time, like Mike Pence took shit like for never being alone in a room with a woman, and it is it is based on the Modesto manifesto from the Billy Graham evangelist. Like they saw all these mm-hmm. traveling preachers in the fifties get in trouble, forties and fifties cheat on their wives and so they said we'll never be alone 
with another woman when you know so we can be above board we're going to we're going to make sure that we count numbers the correct way that we're never alone with women that we're above that our behavior is above reproach and you know mike pence said that he follows the same system when i was married i followed the same system when i was married i was never alone in a room with another woman and it was because partly because of the insecurity of the person i was married to but also partly because it was just like, you know what? I want to make sure that she she can like she would she appreciates this. Yeah. Did you, you know? feel like it was almost respectful? It was respectful. I was right. respecting her. It wasn't me being afraid of anything. It was just a matter of me respecting her and wanting her to feel comfortable. And I was never, ever, you know, out anything like right. I, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't ever it, because it's not you, that hard. You do. can when you set that rule for yourself, you, there's you, you behave you don't miss out on anything. You just make different choices. Like instead of going alone to the coffee shop with a woman, you know, I if With I had to meet, people. I would go out instead of like, why don't you come to my office or let's meet alone? You know, like, I don't know. You just make that's different good choices. advice. Like yeah. that's honestly a like like Yeah. Don't be alone with a white woman. Yeah. Like, honestly, probably not bad advice. <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> and so, you know, for, like, for me, I've just kind of rededicated myself to... I'm not going to say sexual purity, but it's pretty close to it because I think that's the only way to be sure. Because when you're dating, and I know you've dated a, a lot, you know, and it's Thanks, a, it's, single. A, it's a mess. Out there. I'm not calling you a, <laughs> a slut, or um, but I know that you've been on the Tinder before, you know. Um, okay, yeah. Admit it. Yeah, it happened. 2015. Right. I have never been on the Tinder. It's exactly. I'm saying this because I can't talk to him. He's hopeless. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you know that, like, when you go out on a date and you just have a good time and you're talking and like, it's 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 safer it's more fun but then once sex gets introduced into the equation then a lot of things change insecurities on either side it complicates everything the only way if you're dating in this modern age is to take a long time before sexual contact happens like get to know the person exactly you know take the take the time to actually get to know the person that you would be sleeping with Take her to church first. <laughs> I'm not saying meet, that, let her but meet your grandmother. I think you can you can take That's it. What I did, I don't know. It's what I did. Like I don't know if it's necessary. Like I think, like if we took your approach of can I do this? Is this is it okay if I sure. do this? If is it okay that I proceed? And your approach of women stand up for themselves, speak out, put those two things together. There's no reason that the one night stands and Tinder dates can't continue. You know what I mean? Like I, I just be, personally be, because grinder because grinder. I, I just personally what? is this uh, I don't know I, I just personally if you're a young guy out there listening I personally cannot advocate for one night stands a it's never that good it's just not even worth it and b it's like get to know the person well of you course know. that's yeah you're probably gonna be more fulfilled in yeah. life that way but not everybody's looking for that sure sometimes just instant satisfaction Some, sometimes you just never mind. yeah uh, so like, do you guys just like like for one night stands? Do people just like get up and just like leave in the morning? Do you make no, breakfast? You don't stay the night. Yeah, you always want to have an exit strategy. Yeah, what? there's you, you like I gotta go. I gotta you walk my fish. You invite Bye. someone over. You show them your podcast studio. <laughs> What? You, you watch serious? You watch TV, you talk for an hour or two, and then you just sort of get to business, and then you're like, all right, well, I got to go to bed. I mean, you pref- that sounds awkward as hell. It's not, because the, the person who's having a one-night stand, it's not their first rodeo, usually. 
my first one night stand was not good. It was it was very awkward, but the rest were not much less awkward. But it, I mean, you just kind of you know everybody knows the deal. You show up and you're like you're not packing any gear with There's you. There's a standard operating procedure. Yeah, you you just you feel out the social norm of it. Again, the, it's my body language. Like, like you you're gonna know if you're invited if if you're supposed to stay the night. Or women not, make it or, very clear what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a new world. Like. It is, yeah. No, I I would say that, um, yeah. I, I uh, took uh, my my girl to see my grandmother into church first before <laughs> having sex. So, so no, I prefer your way. I think your way is right. I think if you are if you're a young guy out there, like it's just. This meme is making fun, but I think there. What you can do, what you need to do as a young man who is afraid, hmm. is you need to spend some time getting to know a, per, a person that you want to date, mm-hmm. and make sure that they're the type of person who isn't an insecure mess, and that because that is really what it, what it comes down to is like get to know the person, make sure that they have some values, make sure that they have substance, make sure that if you got this person pregnant, you'd want to be attached to them for life. Yeah. You know, like and there, there are people where you're just like you ask yourself the question: Do I want to have a baby with this person? And and you're just like, okay, we need to break up. You know, like and that's happened. There's one very specific example uh, where I'm like, oh, I need to get out of this before something happens. You know, and like, but looking back on the last five years, because every divorced person has their hoe phase, you just kind of go, yeah, you, trust me. Um, you're seeking validation mm. any place you can get it, and uh, right, and that's not even just being divorced. I mean, that's yeah. being young or just right. trying to fit. Yeah, yeah, you're going around. I mean, it's like a t- you're looking for attention and validation. Yeah. Exactly, and I just think you need to step back and not like not use your body like a sex toy. <laughs> like not, your body's not a fun house. Like you, yeah. because what ends up happening is once you introduce sex into things. It just complicates everything, and and live your life in a way that is above reproach. I've not always lived that way, and I've I've always been very open on this program about you know me being uh you know when I've been a dick or you can hear it, um you know. But the goal is to wake up every day and try to be better than you were yesterday. Like, and I think in the area of sexual purity or sexual uh, issues, the number one person like most rapes happen in marriages and like that's one thing that's not talked about and i think you know even if you're a husband you you're like mm-hmm. oh they're talking about dating it's like no you mm-hmm. need you need to re- examine how you do things because the, the amount of female friends who are married that say yeah my husband just thinks it's his duty and it doesn't matter how i feel about it and uh, it's like well <laughs> no that's called rape that's you know partner rape is the biggest form of rape there there is and it's i think every man should take the opportunity to step back and examine themselves and say am i living my life in a way that is above reproach and i think every woman needs to step back and say what are my ba-? i think both sides need to say what are my boundaries and speak up about your boundaries talk about it with openness and vulnerability and stop being a victim like Bad shit has happened to every single human being alive. Like, if you've lived through your 20s, you've been through trauma. Like, And part of what really is annoying me this week is that women are pretending that they're the only ones who've ever been through some form of trauma. Sorry, you're not. 
I've been through trauma. Harry's been through trauma. Mm-hmm. Hannah's been through trauma. And every single person who is over 25 has been through trauma. Yep. Uh, they've been, uh, be it sexual, domestic violence, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very hard um, abandonments. Mm-hmm. Like, th- these are very traumatic things. And even a false accusation is very traumatic. Yep. You know, and so it, it, we have to, we just have to, like, see each other as uh, human beings and, and treat each other with dignity and respect. And it starts with you every single time you open your mouth. And every single time you leave your door, you know, part of this is like, just stay inside. It's like, well, every time your fingers touch a keyboard or every time you open your mouth to talk to a person or every time you put your hand out to touch another person, how, how is that received by the other person? Even your eyes, every single thing. It's just like, you have to be aware of how you are interacting with the world and if you examine some of that stuff, you examine your own boundaries, you talk with friends about it. Like Hannah said this thing one day in chat and I was like, what? I don't understand. Having female friends is great because it helps you to really, and like dating has been great because you sort of just understand the female perspective. And I think if you're a female, you need to understand the male perspective and this attitude of there's a patriarchy, fuck whatever men feel or want fuck you like honestly because i'm as equal as you are i want to treat you like an equal i'm i I, you know i'm sure a third wave feminist would not consider me an ally because i'm not a leftist but i don't know what a uh what is it a third wave third wave feminist. i I refer this over to my meninist department (laughs) right i am not a meninist uh how can i now describe so the first wave feminist was basically was that it was scary to, to discuss period the first the first wave was women's <laughs> suffrage okay the second wave was we want access to the workplace burn our bras the third wave feminist is okay what? so the, everyone's on board with one like, and two and then right. it falls off at three because then we start getting into don't hold the door right uh you're projecting your... But even this gets weird when you really start dubbing it the... Um, the like the like In the first wave, like the suffragette movement and stuff like that, that's... All right. We, <laughs> it gets weird. I, I'm, okay. It's... They're... The equality that a lot of women will talk about in first wave feminism was almost already there. The one thing they didn't get was like the vote, but that was weird too because when before that, right, not all men had the right to vote. Voting right. voting was just restricted to white males who owned land. Right. Then Andrew Jackson came along and gave the vote to all white men. When eight after the Civil War, then it was all men. And women still wasn't allowed to vote. But all men also had conscription to go with that ability to vote. I'm talking about strictly the United States. So that so, so conscription came with that. So the ability to have to sign up for the draft, that came with the, your ability to vote inside the United States. When women wanted the right to vote, they did not want conscription. Right. So and that was the huge delimiter between women who were who were suffragettes and weren't going that and women who weren't because they did not want to be held up to be able to put in right. the draft. And what I will say is I don't want to register for the draft and I don't want you to have to register for the draft either. You know, as a libertarian, like I'm Mm -hmm. not asking, you know, like men shouldn't say 
you should have to do this because I have to do this. We should look at why are we doing this? Correct. Just like the, there's like, well, women were like owned as like, uh, were, were owned and couldn't own property. That's not all the way true. There's, there's some, individuals. Some, some people, never mind, Harry. Well, like, get into your some people family. will come to be considered property. And several humans did right. work into Amber considered property. History. The other thing is that, uh, it's also was a whole completely different world that we look into is like the gender roles were put in because that's how humans survived. Right. Like the idea of like, well, women had to stay at home and watch the kids. Well, because formula didn't exist. If you, there, there was no, there was no milk for that child. That, and then you could take, they had to sit at home, and take care of it because breastfeeding breast milk was the only real food. Most children could eat. Right. Well, yeah, I understand the practicality behind, yeah. behind us, you know, that situation yeah it was was practical but there was definitely situations where it was not so happy not every woman not every woman wanted that lifestyle correct but there were for those you know what do they call them now dinks i just heard this the other day uh what is it what Dual income, no kids. Oh, thinkers. Hmm. Yeah. Two home income, no kids, early retirement. Like that's a, that's a thing now. Mm -hmm. So like if you were a dink back before, you know, women couldn't, you know, they weren't welcome in like, you know, in, in with real careers, like women weren't welcome to have real careers or it just wasn't heard of. Like where, what did the dinks do? Like I, those women who don't want children. Like there are women who yeah. do not want children. I'm a, I'm a sick, single income, two cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and, and there's also guys yeah. who do not want kids as well. We're, right. we're, we're at a point where my brother-in-law went to Harvard Business. And so my uh, sister, brother-in-law, and their you know kids lived in Boston at Harvard for a couple of years. And they would go to dinner parties with fellow HBI students. And when they'd find out that my sister was a single, was a stay-at-home mom, it was an immediate conversation in her because they were so turned off and grossed out by that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the the idea of you know, I just saw a stat that there's more. Like if you're a, if you're a child, there's more children living with dogs than dads now. Like <laughs> there's the the idea oh, of having that traditional family that you know the idyllic fifties family is somehow uh, inappropriate. And that's what third-wave feminism is. It's it's not a matter of you get to choose your own path. It's a matter of I'm choosing your path for you. And here, like, mm-hmm. and that's really the, 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 like, here in Indiana, we have Joe Donnelly, who's a, a moderate Democrat. And Indiana loves to send moderate, squishy Democrats to the Senate. Evan Bayh, uh, several others. So, you know, voted for Obama for president in 08, at least, I think in 12 as well. And, you know, but it's a red state. And so I would have told you that Joe Donnelly, the Democrat, was going to win by six to ten points. I now think that you're going to see Mike Braun win and Joe Donnelly is going to lose. Joe Manchin is going to lose. You're going to see a bloodbath in the Senate because of this. Because the, it, it has always been presented that there is freedom and tyranny. And to a large segment of the population, freedom is libertinism. It's that view that we can perfect things if we just have the government doing it. And tyranny is the Christian worldview that if you stay at home with your kids and you only have sex with one woman and you like that, these these social norms must be uh, abandoned and destroyed. 
and that if you agree with those things, you're a hateful, bigoted, homophobic, Islamophobic. You're just an awful person. We're going to shame and guilt you. And what Trump is about is it's a, it's a silent reaction. It's a it's a counterpunch to the idea that there is only one definition of freedom, because for my def my definition of freedom is that I want to live my life in a way that I want to live my life, and that doesn't mean that these liberal worldviews or their and their government tools are encroaching into my life. I I go to church. I am a Christian, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I shouldn't be ashamed of it. And fuck you for telling me that I should. You know, and so what happens is is the the ballot box is now becoming the punch the the punch towards that single worldview where the culture the culture is liberal, the culture is telling us that this is a certain way, the educational system is a part of it, and they won't they just will not ad, relent and let there be two cultures. It goes back to the competing visions book by Thomas Sowell that there's two cultures and there was a time where you had the Christian conservatives and the religious right who wanted to use the government to – gay marriage kind of became Custer's last stand for them. And the the pendulum has swung so far back towards libertinism that now we're going to start seeing people – they're going to go even further. Like we're just going to start yeah. seeing – we're going to start seeing that segment. The Duck Dynasty population <laughs> is going to really start – we're already seeing it. It's why you see the alt-right developing. It's why you see these right. more aggressive groups. When I was in college Republicans and I went to CPAC in 2003, the constant refrain was, why don't we have these teams of online agitators? Why don't we have these teams of – why don't we have these competing things? We have it now. And so the people who were saying that in 2003 have now achieved a lot of that with Breitbart, with mm-hmm. – right. why don't we have our own George Soros? Really, it's the coffee maker. Yeah. So it's the auto shut off feature. No, I I remember yeah. being in a conference in 2013, and the whole theme was don't feed the trolls. Like when it comes right. to political, like back then, yeah, fighting, saying like, oh, don't do what they're doing, and now we are we're doing what they're doing, and right, and it's yeah, a bloodbath. It's a it's hell. Like, it's it's horrible. It's so polarizing, and and yeah, and libertarians are lost in the mix. We're, I think reasonable people are lost in the mix, right? You know, and libertarians—you've got your new libertarians who want, who love Trump, but are call themselves libertarians. You've got your old libertarians who are the hippies who are part of that. You know, we we have that divide. You have the left-leaning libertarians who are culturally left. Uh, you have, you know, and we have a lot of those people participating. We are libertarians, and that I want that. I want those other voices, and then you've got the more conservative voices like. Like Brian Brian Nichols, for instance, is is very close to a conservative, you know, a paleo conservative, maybe, um, you know. And I want those voices too. I think because they're both libertarians, and that's the thing. Like the Mises Institute and Reason are both libertarian, but they hate each other, and it's like nonsense. Because what we're really all trying to do is just say, okay, we have these cultural differences. We'll figure that out once we get to anarchy. But in the meantime, we've got a <laughs> tyrannical government. Right. Right. No, I'm there. All right, so final advice for let's start with men. What should men do, and then we'll talk about women. I, I got to say this one All thing right. though, yes, sir. I really do feel like you're like one bad day and an affinity gauntlet from being Thanos. 
<laughs> what do you mean? You keep talking about like we just got this just one half. We just got to get rid of fifty percent and get my affinity gauntlet. Snap my fingers, it's done. <sighs> I, listen, <laughs> a boomer genocide isn't going to hurt anything, <laughs> dude. You have just I. I have no tolerance anymore for baby boomers, and it's all your fault. I never noticed it before. Uh, what I, I I feel very proud to have identified this market. Oh, and it has become a meme. And I didn't. I don't. I'm not going to say I started the meme, but I was on the cutting edge of this one. And it, it, because what it really comes down to is, I love to. I love Andy Kaufman and Sasha Baron Cohen, and I love when people can't tell if things are real or fake. Mm-hmm. And so the Canadian joke was always, you know, we're going to war with Canada because it was a fake mm-hmm. teaching people about non-interventionism in the yeah. early days of the show. The the authoritarian dear leader character is about mm-hmm. teaching people the traits of an authoritarian dictator. The baby boomer thing is like hating a, a group of people for no reason. And like it, it's mm-hmm. and, and it's just kind of a funny thing. And I know that boomers don't think it's funny, but oh, they, uh, but, it, but that's what makes it so funny. <laughs> they don't they're not they in don't on get it. it. They're yeah. not in on it. They're yeah. Not, no. yeah. There's like, don't you just hate when uh, dear leader doesn't like I already hate when he has de- uh, boomer thoughts. OK, <laughs> yeah. what are boomer thoughts when you know what he has? Trust me, thoughts. I'm I, they're occurring more frequently. Yeah. <laughs> when you hit 35 all of a sudden the remote you start going oh shit you relate you yeah. understand you go yeah. oh my god this technology jeremiah is the oh, same I'm age there. <sighs> i can't keep up it's uh, yeah today Weakness. aaron was measuring things on his iphone is that cool has anyone experienced this is that cool what was he Dude, measuring? i don't know I, he was like new update and yeah. like you can and just you, point and measure yeah, it measures it. it'll tell you that this is like 10 inches across yeah it's you amazing. guys are in trouble now yeah <laughs> It's over for you. It's a, but <laughs> I have never been in trouble. <laughs> I'm very average, so I'm because I don't send borderline pictures. But um, I'm borderline. <laughs> um, but it's you made a boomer comment on the lesser show on the network. You talked about how talking anonymously on chat rooms is dumb. I was like, oh, that's such a boomer comment. It's not. It's I just don't. I like accountability. That's such a boomer comment. <sighs> I like accountability. It's a boomer comment. But even though I have that disagreement, do I not allow it to exist in my kingdom? Am I not a benevolent, a benevolent dictator? Yeah, but I expect more out of you out of our anarcho monarchism system. <laughs> I, I am, I'm giving. I, I don't, I don't like an anonymity because then it's hard to trust who you're talking to, and people, people are their worst selves under anonymous comments. It, yeah, they're their true selves with anonymous comments. Part of anonymity. Mm, part of what we are libertarians is about, and what I think the world should be about is. People being open and vulnerable and saying what they think mm-hmm. and attaching their name to it and being courageous with it. Okay. And I think there is a with when uh, with anonymous commenting, there isn't there isn't courage in that. There is you're not right. you're not teaching people to get comfortable with that that really uncomfortable feeling of I'm going to say this in front of people. And they're not. Some people are not going to like it. I may take shit for it. Oh, I delete so many comments, yeah. like like that I type out, right? And then and and I don't think people should do that. I think they should say what they think. Yeah, but it's not every argument is worth having. I get you know what I mean. Because like sometimes you got to reevaluate. I don't relate. Well, you're a troll. So no, I think. But I think there needs to be a middle carved out here, and I think that people are not going to carve out a common sense middle. Where yes, I want to hear the accuser's story. I want to, 
I want to go into the mindset that this woman may be telling the truth about her sexual uh, assault, but I also want to protect his innocence because he may be innocent. And there has to be a middle there where where there are good people standing and going. And you can only do that if you if you have people having the courage to stand up for that middle hmm. and saying, I'm going to be liked by nobody. I'm going to be completely disliked. I, I'm still like Doug Carr. I love Doug. But Doug is is a conservative-leaning person, and he just automatically believes whatever the conservatives believe. He, he will disagree with that vehemently, but that's just how his default position is. You know, his bias is towards the right. And, you know, my bias is I want to know what the truth is because I've been through – I've been through – being falsely accused i've been through traumatic situations i've been through uh friendships where women are shaking with fear in their eyes because they're predators outside the door like i've been through a lot of life experiences and i just know and i've been through the experience of watching the media lie about things i've been a part of things where you watch the media and you're just like they were at a different event they saw a different thing than what happened like I don't trust the media, and so I'm going to take a beat and figure out what's going on here. And sometimes when you when you say that, instead of just joining one of the tribes, you're going to be alone, and you're going to take shit from twice as many people instead of just finding acceptance. And you got to have some courage to do that. And I think that doing it anonymously does you personally no good. So that's my belief. I I, I understand what you're saying, but I also think that anonymity kind of encourages people's worst behaviors okay but at the end of the day it's the nature of discord it's what that can you can choose to like jeremiah chooses not to participate in that community because it's anonymous Mm -hmm. if you you can choose to be a part of that or not you know and uh so so that's how i feel about it i'm I'm the type of person who i have my personal beliefs but i try not to have force my beliefs on anybody else yeah like yeah you know like i uh, i i just think that you should let people be themselves so, okay yeah. but that's the other thing is like that would have let more credibility to a lot of the different things especially that democrats were trying to do if they didn't pull that stunt they actually had some democrats that was like okay kavanaugh's not so bad you know what you know we'll give this give them this one but since they were totally again to dig their toes in through the whole process yeah that's the thing that makes it like but go back to your original point to get that it's wrapping this thing up for like what should men do and then we'll talk about what women should do let's start with men the three of us um, men are 100 percent perfect we should leave women behind get on spaceship we they have, have smaller the, brains we have the entire genetic code inside of us we create life not women we have an in, um, we have an audi they have, boy, a, they, have, they have a weird audi <laughs> i have a weird any it's I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Take us and we'll just leave. Leave you here. Bye. I'll help you pack. <laughs> Until we get to the Mars we, and they were like, oh, man. Who's going to make sandwiches? I'm not gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, we'll have a barrel of an anonymous barrel. Oh, your beard. <laughs> I don't know how you ladies do it. Yeah, beards are disgusting. They're awful. So we're dicks. Yeah, yeah. Although we're, we, anyways, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Trust me, we deserve. A, we are saving men from. Uh, trust this, me, we right, deserve a medal of bravery for some things that we have to do. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Having to like. Uh, anyways, so what should men do? One, what men should do is one, if you be honest with also your intentions in yourself. Yeah. When you catch yourself like. It's okay to look at movement. 
you're a predator. That's what you do. But if you do catch yourself leering, think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about it. Really, really reflect. Is this really what you should be doing? Apply some reason to it. Correct. Think about think about you being an individual that does have power mm-hmm. in the world, and that you have to mm-hmm. use that power responsibly. I don't when, when you like to use the word power. It's just you're just a different animal in this world. This is what you're doing. I think every person has power. I'm not saying that we have power over women, but I do think that you know we have different powers. But there, every single person has power over other individuals in certain ways. Okay. So you have to discover what that power is and then use it responsibly. Hmm. Like huh. I know that I'm very gifted in conversing with people, understanding human nature. Like I'm, I can convince you without you realizing it. I could manipulate you into something without you. Like you're like that is such a good idea, but it benefits me. I know I have that ability, so I make sure that I don't do that. Yeah. You know, like but then you have the power to physically overpower me, but you don't do that. You know, like I don't know what power you have. <laughs> heart oops oh man <laughs> but yeah just uh just own you also own your own crap you know yeah just it's a it's a they think with all humans just like think about what you're doing own your own crap and try to treat everyone that you meet with just the respect mm-hmm. that you, you that you want be given to yourself the golden rule when it comes out to that yeah and that's it that's that's and and that's pretty much it's it, it, and if you just do just that little bit and just don't be a dick awesome amazing right men so my advice to men would be be aware of your surroundings so if the 22 year old intern is hitting on you in your office where you're a mid-level manager but you're also kind of ugly and how dare you uh, no <laughs> this isn't about you and you know like you have hair and hair in weird places like women in your personal life don't hit on you but all of a sudden this young girl is after you that should raise a red flag <laughs> right. right like all all things aside like be aware and then like i mean i think read the body language or I'm not asking you to do any sort of voodoo or anything, but just be aware if they're retracting from you, they probably don't want you to be that close to them. You know, maybe your breath stinks, whatever. There's, there's a, uh, a velocity to things like there's, there's a, an, uh, a passion towards things. Like if the passion just isn't kind of there, then maybe right. like, take a hint. If this person has been staring only at their computer screen for five minutes straight while you've been talking. They don't want you to put <laughs> your hand on their shoulder. Right. Yes. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. mind your mind, remind yeah. personal right. space, same thing, respect. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all it is, but awareness probably doesn't hurt. Like to evaluate yourself, like, men use the hot crazy matrix are you familiar with the hot crazy matrix <laughs> i am well have you seen the the extended version where there's like no. the male like no. how what women use no. which is what? not true for every oh, maybe this is a secret maybe i just divulged like oh, this wow. secret oh, that no. we use it's just like the hot crazy matrix except for instead of hot crazy it's uh money versus hotness so mm. like normally they're not going to be super hot and have a lot of money but <laughs> you know unfortunately that is where you can kind of evaluate where things are right yeah what's the unicorn zone on that though um it's just our picture could be could be like uh for some it's going to be different for every female but for some it could could be like military Mm. like you may not have a lot of money but then the uh, Mm, but you or you may actually but 
They're clean uh, shaven. There's going to be got the they got skill that level from doing squats and carrying gear around all the time. Yeah, and those calves muscles. Right. I, I don't know. All right, I got a lot of things to say. You, you finish. Okay. Yeah. I got a lot of things to say to you people, you men. Uh, I would recommend a book and a podcast. Uh, if you're not a reader, uh, if you're if you're a reader, Mate by Jeffrey Miller and uh, Tucker Max. I've recommended this a couple times. I think it's a really good book to kind of teach you about relationships and dating and how to get yourself ready to go out into the dating world. Like, especially if you're like the nice guy, like quit getting frustrated that you got ten hole punches on the nice card and she's not having sex with you. Like. You're, if you're getting friend zoned a lot, this is a great book to kind of help you realize like that mentality is stupid. Like there's no such thing as the friend zone. Like there's just like it's a law of averages. I wish I could remember the podcast of the two women who went to a libertarian convention and talked about the creepertarians. Oh, I can't remember it. Someone, someone messaged me. They had a list. Someone else had to yeah. listen to this podcast. We'll uh, we'll we'll post it in the Facebook group if, if, I can if remember you can it. find it. But no, the uh, the podcast, the companion podcast that they did called The Mating Grounds, it's not updated anymore, but the archives are really good. And I think it helped me a lot because I always had that mentality in my 20s of I'm the nice guy. Why don't women like me? I'm getting friend zoned, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you guys look? Oh, the Amazon receipt. And it really kind of helped me go, okay, I, it worked some things out for me in my mind. I think the the ex you you have to have zero expectations and i think this goes both ways like i go out on i'm on the bumble i'm out there i go on dates you know like i i do okay for myself but i have no expectations like my goal is a long-term relationship but my goal is not the first woman that will have one with me right. you know or the hottest one i can find or it's like you just go out and you have fun, and if you make a friend or you connect with somebody, then cool. Like You just have to have zero expectations, and I would say that goes for both parts. I think the foundational principle of libertarianism is that uh, every person owns their own body, and I think every area of your personal behavior needs to reflect that, uh, and I think this goes for women too, but with, with men, um, you know, there is... Like other people are not your property, and I think if you're treating women like sex toys, that's why you're not getting laid. Like if you have that attitude that I'm just gonna go get like there are a lot of guys who just like I'm gonna have this woman over, I'm going to use her as a sex toy, and then they can't figure out why that interaction goes wrong. Like it's more prevalent in men, but women certainly do it as well. What found it? Episode forty one, leaving Las Vegas, leaving Las Vegas and the Liberty Movement by the uh, Workationing podcast. The Workationing. Yep. All right. It's about two women in their late twenties, in their twenties, um, doing workationing, and they go to Liberty Fest in Las Vegas. Are they hot? <laughs> <laughs> Does that matter? You should have seen the eye roll that Hannah just gave me. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said that just for her. Uh, so I think um, I think this this advice kind of applies to both, but specifically for for guys. Like, so n- the basic here's how human attraction works. Like, it's it's money, it's social proof, it's physical attractiveness, it's intelligence. Humor is wrapped up in that. Like, there's different spectrums. Like, I am attractive to women because I'm intelligent and funny. I am not hot. 
as Harry stated, I have no ass. Like, if I'm going to try and compete on the physical level, I'm going to lose. I, I do my best to live a long life and be healthy, but I'm never going to be physically attractive in the way that, like, if you sat down and asked Hannah to draw her perfect man, she's not drawing Chris Spangle. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so there's different things about you that are really attractive to the opposite sex or to people in general, and you have to get in touch with what that is about yourself. And you have to start accentuating those things about yourself and loving yourself. I think the the first thing that every human has to do is really protect their self-worth. It's the antivirus of the mind. You have to learn to love yourself. You have to talk to yourself in the way that your best friend would talk to you. I I used to say things to myself that I would never say about Harry. you know. And so I started to say, if I wouldn't let people say that about Harry, why would I say that to myself? And I think that's the first step to change for most people. You have to start talking to yourself like you actually care about yourself. And then eventually, a previous girl that I dated said, I've never heard you say anything really self-deprecating. Like, I am, but I'm not. Like, I just I just got out of that habit and I lost that muscle, you yeah. know? And I think that's the first step. Like, you have to start looking at where you're at and you have to focus on your career. If you, if you focus on self-improvement, you focus on emotional health, if you focus on spiritual health, physical health, mental health, your career, if you focus on improving yourself in those ways, then there is, there's very little that's going to go wrong for you because you're not blaming other people. You're not blaming, you're ridiculous. You're not, when I'm trying to talk, Harry is distracting me always. It's cold. You look like Trayvon Martin right now. I'm not honestly about ready to shoot you. (laughs) Just just put his hoodie up. It's too far. It's too far. Uh, And so like, and, and part of that, overall health means that you treat other people as if they have dignity and that they are are not your property. And I think libertarians, you get this better than anybody else, and it's a very short hop. And so when you're in dating situations, you need to apply that same perspective. You need to make sure that you are treating a woman well. Like some will open the car door, but then like (laughs) there's, you know, it's just... You have to treat every area of your life as if that is an, a person who uh, is is an actual human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is – I think in, in terms of protecting yourself, there's really no way to protect yourself. Trust me. As someone who has worked in media, I've been in front of the media here in Indianapolis for 15 years now. I've worked in politics. I've worked in radio. I've worked in a lot of – I've worked in high-profile jobs – I'm certainly not someone who is famous, but I'm somebody who's known, and I'm somebody who has a large amount of social circles. There's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong, and you're never going to nail every social interaction. You're never going to nail any dating situation right. You're never going to nail any friendship the right way. I mean, you obviously know that I've had friendships dissolve, and I've had marriages dissolve, and you know, I just really swore to myself, like, all right, I know this is going to go south, and the opportunity for me to be a dick back to my ex-wife is really strong. Like, I want to take this anger and direct it at the person who deserves it. And I just chose to take the high road because I said to myself, I'm going to make sure that as this falls apart, I'm going to be able to look back years later and be proud of myself. And that natural anger and aggression that I have as a man, I'm going to try and just redirect it into healthy ways. And I lost 50 pounds because of it, because I directed it towards exercise. And I can look back and say that I never said anything to her that I regret during that period, you know, and we're able to be friendly because of it. 
Uh, I've tried to apply that to people who've left this program. You know, I've tried to do my best. And I just think that if you, you're never going to nail every situation. And, you know, if, if an accusation happens, the best you can do is just try to be as decent in as most situations as possible. And when you fuck up, say I was wrong and here's why. You know, but by the same token, if people are going to push you around and they're going to make things up about you, you better fight. And I think there there comes a point where you have to be prepared to be such a monster to protect yourself, to protect your own self-respect that you are willing to do that because you're worth it. You know, and so I think if people are going to make up accusations, you have to be strategic about it. You have to know what your options are and if somebody tries to falsely accuse you, you better be prepared to do what it takes to protect your name, to protect your reputation. A name is a reputation. That, that's why we have names. Especially in this day and age of digital media. It's exactly right. And, and SEO, that can live forever. And yeah. so you, you know, if, if you feel that you're in a situation where you're like, that could go bad, that could happen, this, could, this X, Y, and Z, you need to put together your legal options. You need to, I think you need to do, and this applies to women, talk to your contemporaries. You know, Hannah can vouch for so many things over the last few years where something happens and I'm like, I'm in the group and I'm like, guys, I fucked up or this happened or this person said this and I want you to know X, Y, and Z. You know, I cover my own ass by doing that because I'm saying to my contemporaries, my friends who are credible people, this is what happened. And so if something ever came up, then I have contemporary witnesses. They understand the whole truth, you know, and as a person who lives a semi-public life, uh, I don't tell the public the whole truth, but I tell my friends the whole truth. Right. You know, and and I'm very open. I don't think there is anything about me that the two of these these two don't don't know about. Me. Like, I don't think there's anything that either of them would hear about me that they'd be shocked by. Yeah, no shocking scandals. Or no, yeah. there is no behavior that I have that I think that they that is hidden from them or secrets. Like, I just don't live that way. And um, I'm you know I'm probably sounding like. Oh, that was the, uh, you know, I'm not trying to hold myself up as some moral paragon. I'm just trying to say, like, this is how I try to, this is what I try to achieve every day. So I'm, you know, being a successful person, you know, a successful, nice person. And Mm so, um, so now women. Uh, So, so guys, you have no reason to be afraid. If you're living your life in a way that is decent, then you're good. If you didn't always live your life in a way that was decent, then you need to go to therapy and talk about it. You need to open up to people and talk about in the ways that you weren't decent and here's how you've grown. I think if you're, if, if uh, an accusation, because realistically, most people are not going to face what Brett Kavanaugh's facing. Your fears are irrational. Like you're just, you know, it, it is, if you're just trying to live a good life mm-hmm. and you're open and honest with the people around you, then you're going to be fine, you know, and just be really controlled and uh, picky and choosy about who you have sex with. Correct. Yeah. You know, and and I would I would advocate celibacy, but I realize that's not realistic <laughs> for most people. So it's it's very difficult for me. Uh, so it, but I think if you you just got to be really, really careful. And, uh, and I'd say that about women too. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, bad situations, so, you know, so, and I would say alcohol honestly is, I've never drank and I'm glad for it because I, 
I've done a lot of dumb things, but I can't imagine how much stupider I would have been had I been drinking. And it, it just it puts you in situations where things get out of control. And so I'd say for both people, like, don't drink. Like, <laughs> or, you know, or... Or give him Benadryl. You know your limits. Exactly. I, I, and that's my... I mean, I've done a lot of drinking, and I've never got myself in a situation that I couldn't get out of. Yeah. Um, and again, I am assertive. So when people are, you know, trying to go shot for shot with me, like, and, and I've had guys try to do it before, you know, oh, oh, I thought you were tough. I thought you're a country girl. You can drink more. You can drink more. You can drink more. And you have to know when to say no, yep. you know, that's tough. So, that's yeah. Tough. Yeah. So, uh-huh. um, I mean, yeah, just know, knowing your limits. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I think it's really not fair to blame the alcohol because, you know, you consumed it with so your free will. Yeah. It's also hard to drink with white people because they could drink so much. It's ridiculous how much Amen. they can drink. I know, I know some black people who can drink a lot. Yeah, but it's still not the same. Like I used to go out drinking with um, my Irish friend. He's, he's blonde eye, blue, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he can just pound them all night. And I'm trying to, you know, just keep up. And it's just like, no. Every time. Don't keep up. Yeah. yeah. Don't oh, yeah. feel any social obligation. To but keep I was up. young Spangles lived his whole life with around a bunch of, I mean, basically raging alcoholics. <laughs> and, you know, you haven't succumbed to the pressure. I, I have no desire to do right. it. Like, it, and I don't feel, I feel that not drinking, I, I feel that drinking in a lot of ways is like escapism hmm. or it's a crutch. And so I need a drink to feel socially comfortable. It's like, well, you wouldn't, if you, if you stop drinking, eventually you'd feel socially comfortable. Like, like it, you'd grow into feeling comfortable. Like I think the, the excuse of I need a drink to feel comfortable is just that. Like it, it, it I have the personality that I have because I forced myself to be uncomfortable and then learn to figure out how to not be uncomfortable in those situations. Yeah. It's made me more of an extrovert. It's made me better with people because I don't just let myself hide behind alcohol. Mm. You know, and yeah. so I look at it as something that is really unnecessary and harmful in a lot of ways. But again, like you drink, oh well, you know. But it's cost me a lot of dates. It's cost me a lot. It's cost me um, opportunities. Like Jeremiah mm-hmm. didn't invite me to to his bachelor party because I don't drink. I wouldn't have fun, you know, because it was centered around alcohol. I've I've had many women say. I don't want to drink. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm not going to feel uncomfortable. Right. Like this may be new for you, but I've lived my whole life this way. Right. But they're insecure about it. And it tells me like, okay, maybe there's something about you. I should move on from. So right. with true, yeah. women, um, I have lived with, uh, my wife lace for about 17 years now. And this one thing I've always been working on and I've gotten a lot better is, I'm just not going. I don't get try to give women advice unless they ask for it. So, next. Wow. <laughs> All right. I, pussy. He's got to figure it out. Pussy. No, 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 no. He's, he's got to figure it out. You're a pussy. No. It's... Do you want to go? No. Uh, I, 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 all right. I will. Yeah. Okay. And then you finish and then I'll wrap us up. Um, I think a lot of it is the same. I don't think that men and women are all that different. I think that uh, we are trying to draw distinctions between men and women, but the emotions aren't that much different. I think if men were actually open about their feelings and talked about their feelings, they would mimic women a lot. Um, I get accused of being dramatic, 
but I think it's just because I'm honest. And uh, I think that it is women have to put themselves in smart positions in the same way that men have to put themselves in smart positions. You, you have to make sure that you're safe. I would avoid drinking too much. I would avoid, um, you know, like you have to, I think if people, knowledge is power. I think if women really looked at like, here's the statistics of who, who would, who is most likely to rape me, then they would figure out how to be more safe with themselves and they would probably choose better partners. I think it is usually a partner. It is usually somebody that they know. Uh, and the only people that really make false accusations are the really nuts. They're the real mm-hmm. nutso ones. Like, they're, they're off the charts mm-hmm. crazy. Like, guys, you can figure out who that is. Like, it's in the eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so women, I... I I just hate that I see women saying this is why women don't come forward because I'm not going to be believed because that's the exact wrong thing to do. I think staying silent about your trauma, I know it's tough to talk about, but one of the drawbacks, but also one of the benefits of this is that women are talking about their experiences more and saying it out loud and then people not judging them for it, but going, how can I help you get past this? I think is healing for those women. And so I would say that if a situation happens to you, talk to your contemporaries, go to the police, go to the hospital, get a rape kit done. Make sure that you are doing everything to establish credibility. Take Dr. Ford's situation and apply it to whatever situation you may have. Why are people not taking her seriously? Okay, there weren't contemporaries. There wasn't evidence. There wasn't this or that. You know, she kept silent about it for 25, 30 years. You know, you don't make those same mistakes because ultimately the longer trauma is hidden in your life, the more destructive it becomes. And this applies to men and women. What trauma, when trauma happens to you, it changes the way that your brain operates. And you only can fix your thinking by talking out that trauma and literally unpacking those traumas through cognitive behavioral therapy. And so as as scary as it might be, talk about what happened. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, I had a traumatic situation and I just let it fester for 15, 20 years and it ruined my 20s. And it was because I didn't open up about it until I got into therapy. And my life is 100% different because of it. And... So I think it is necessary for women or men to open up and talk about their trauma and uh, talk to contemporaries about things because I know that it really seems like nobody's going to believe you and you're going to run into people who aren't going to believe you or you're going to run into police who don't take you seriously or you're going to have friends like what would you do to deserve it? Like you're going to run into people who are not going to handle it well. And uh, that's unfortunate, but that doesn't mean that everybody's going to handle it that way. And you've just got to keep going. And the, lo- like, the things that I could not say out loud in 2012, I can say here in front of tens of thousands of people now because I've right. talked about it so much that it doesn't have that power over me. Hmm. And women have to understand that they have power. They have a different kind of power. Everybody has their own kind of power. And you have to... Um, Use your power responsibly. I think Me Too is a power. 
and I think that it is a worthwhile cultural conversation. It has helped me be a better man towards women, uh, and I think that it is healthy for women, and I think that we're trying to figure out in a constructive way what is the new arrangement in society now that we have broken down so many social norms and nothing exists. We're trying to talk through how that works. But at the same time, just because you have a personal vendetta against someone or a political motivation, you don't get to use that label. And I think it is exactly right, right when Hannah says you need to speak up on behalf of, of men who are falsely accused or women who vi- – like this third accuser is a person trying to get attention for herself. Right. She should be destroyed. Fal- victims, you know, victims of false accusations should have their accusers destroyed. Like I just – you know, I think there right. needs to be there needs to be some accountability. And um, my last piece of advice is sort of the same as the men. Like, you know, get to know yourself. Get maybe if you can't afford therapy, um, read some books. Um, uh, Self esteem by Ma- Matthew McKay. Uh, the six pillars of self esteem. Brene Brown is a great author. Um, the gifts of imperfection is a book I'd recommend. Uh, men or women would benefit from this, but I think women especially, you're now being expected to be more assertive. You're now being expected to speak up more and say what you want, and it is not something that has been really firsthand nature like it is in men. And so I think it is something that uh, learning to be assertive when you're a people pleaser, and I would say more women are people pleasers than assertive, uh, as a person who is a people pleaser who has learned to be assertive over the last three years, it's very difficult, but it is worth it because you learn your boundaries and then you learn to enforce your boundaries and then nobody fucks with you because you you have your own power. And so you have to have that measure of courage and you can only do that by doing the work. Emotional health is just like physical health. I cannot have Harry go out and run laps for me. <laughs> I have to be the one to run the laps. I'd love for Harry to lift weights and it apply to me, but that's not how it works. There are a ton of resources for people who want to get mental mental health help, people who've been through trauma. I can assure you that if you're listening in your car, if you're a man or a woman who has been through a traumatic situation, you are not special. The feelings that you have, the patterns that you have, the interactions that you have with people, the fear that you have of people the fear of talking about this, all of these things have happened to hundreds of thousands of people over the course of the last year, over the course of human history, mm-hmm. because human beings are animals who have consistent patterns. And so you're not a freak. You're not somebody who has some rare condition. You're just somebody who has a treatable condition. It's, it's the same as medical health. If you have a traumatic situation in the past that you've never dealt with, that you've never talked to a family member about, that you've never talked to a therapist about, you must do it because it is like living with stomach cancer and never going to the doctor or having a tumor on your arm and never getting it checked out. It's the same thing. It's like having diabetes and eating sugar. And so there's just really no excuse not to get help. Uh, I don't have sympathy for people who recognize that they have a sickness and don't get help for it. So, um, and men, I think you probably can benefit from that more than women can because women are – it's easier for women to come forward and talk about their, their issues because men, you feel like you're going to be called a pussy. You feel like you're going to be called a, a weak person, a beta. Fuck that. Like if somebody calls you a beta, like 
that is a person who is deeply in trouble. <laughs> the person who has this false like sense of masculinity and tries to enforce this John Wayne ethos, those are the type of people who are the sickest. So true power is in having responsibility over your own emotions and, and self-control. So what advice would you have for the ladies? Um, well, so I would just say if you've been through something traumatic, some sort of you know sexual assault or violence against you, you technically are under no obligation to come forward. Um, but it's probably a good idea. Like Spangle saying, I just think I have different opinions on where you should go. So, for example, if you were raised in the ghetto and you're all you know about the police is that they're violent, terrible people, the last people you're going to go to are the police. Right. You're, it's just not. You're mm-hmm. just not going to go sit in a room with six men in blue suits and tell them and use the words penis and vagina and all this. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. But go somewhere. Uh, you're under no obligation to make, you know, legal report. But you need to understand the repercussions of that in the future, which is what we're seeing now. If you don't, I mean, we do have a have an order of operations thing. If you didn't make a report, it, it does get harder to prove. But like you're saying, you know, get help somewhere. Go to a local women's shelter and ask for recommendations. Right. I mean, maybe maybe it's, you know, I mean, I've seen like my cousin was murdered. So my whole family followed the murderer's trial and, you know, followed that so closely and they were ready to get some sort of sense of healing once he was arrested and he was eventually arrested. I'm the type of person where I really don't care. It doesn't change what happened, right? So I found my peace in, you know, personal, you know, development, personal healing. There was not going to be any sense of healing just because this other person was behind bars. And that may be how some women feel, you know, in rape situations, sure. maybe you just need to work on yourself at this point and try to make yourself build yourself back up once, you know, your sense of security has been taken from you. Um, I would also I hope women understand that this public hearing that we've seen this what's gone on with Kavanaugh and the the victim testimony is not the norm. That's not how a rape trial goes down. Ever, ever. That was, I mean, like you said, that was a political show. That's all an act. That's all for votes. Like none of that is real. So if women are watching that thinking, why would anyone ever come forward if that's what you're going to have to go through? Don't. That's just politics. That's just an act. That is not what you would have to go through. Not that it's not terrible, but it's not that bad. Sure. Um, and of course, all of this, the victim blaming and all of this stuff, like this is not a typical case. Don't base your situation off of this. Don't use that as your excuse. Um, and then, yeah, back to false accusations. I mean, I really do think that we need some, um, pushback. I think we all know women who, especially in the divorce thing. And if you think about how fucked up it is that over money and parenting time, women are willing to accuse men of something so heinous. Like we need to stop that as women. Like men can only fight so hard on that. They almost always lose. Or if nothing else, it defaults to Indiana parenting guidelines or whatever state parenting guidelines, which totally favors women and statistically hurts children yeah but like martin luther king needed whites and i i like the you have to have allies within a community of power to really have change like martin luther king needed local white support 
to really have cultural change. He needed the Kennedys and LBJ to fight the Bull Connors. And I think in the same way, you have to have people of that same in-group stand up. And, and I think it's so right. Like if you're a woman and you see a situation that you feel is is inappropriate, you should speak up. Right. You know, you should say what you think, because even if it goes against the cultural narrative, once you're the first person to speak up or say this is wrong, then all of a sudden it becomes a trend. It's like the baby boomer thing. Like that's this. It's a joke, but it also it we you see it all the time because we're in the same network of Facebook pages. And so because I start saying it, then other people catch on. So it really is sort of the same thing. Like people in that in group, if you see an injustice and you're a white person, you should say this is injustice against this out-of-power group. Or Absolutely. as a man, I think we should say, like, I will get called a pussy for this show. I will get called a beta male. I'm just white knighting for women. But it's justice. It's what's right. It's what's fair. And it doesn't matter what anybody calls me because it's what is supposed to be said. Because women can't fight the scourge of sexual violence without men standing up and saying, guys, cut it out. Right. You know, like there but, has yeah. and, and vice versa. Yeah. I think women so, have to help men when they're in these situations. Yeah. And in turn, this situation, this because I hear this as an argument all the time, falsely accused, falsely accused. And, and that's what that that meme that you're talking about, the joke where they're making right. a joke about, uh, oh, yeah, don't ever don't be alone with a woman, this or that. If we can eliminate that argument against us they are men are using that argument against females who have valid claims well it's false accused it's false false accusations right if we can eliminate that by us shaming with you know we make it so taboo to do that you know it goes away or is shrunk you know we're only helping ourselves sure. we're helping men and we're helping ourselves because so. nobody is checking the me too it's like it's just like norm mcdonald said because nobody's checking the Me Too movement, that the only way to defend yourself is to deny, 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 you know, because it's it's just slid to a place that's a, it's an untenable position. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Louis C.K. admitted it, and he still got destroyed. Right. Yeah. And then just uh, last thing is try to take Harry's advice and be more assertive, which is also Spangle's advice. And yeah, books, take take some classes on whatever, build your confidence up. Um, I think that's what it is. I think I think shyness and is kind of a confidence issue. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's. I think people pleasing. There's a yeah. book by Harriet Becker called "The Disease to Please." If you find yourself going along with things that you don't want to go along with because you want to please people, read that book. Right. Because what I want as a man is a partner who's going to stand up to me, and I think women want that too. Like the nice guy syndrome. You don't want some guy who's just going to always agree with you. You want a guy who's going to put you in your place when you're being irrational or ridiculous. I want a woman to do the same to me. Like I I don't want to squish as a partner. I want someone who is confident enough to say like I'm going to be fine if you get mad at this and storm off. Like I'm just going to say like you know, in every area in the bedroom, we want to be told what to do. And like we we like Some you know what I mean? Trip. Like yeah. women will sometimes say ah, he's he's spent an hour down there, but it's you're wasting my time. It's oh, like right. but if you just said go about three inches higher Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, but they don't wanna they don't wanna turn them off or any like Yeah, can't relate, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean you'll solve a lot of problems if right. if you just learn to say what say what you yeah. want or don't want. And and if you're in a situation where when you speak up and you say like 
what you will find when you stop being a people pleaser and start being assertive, there are people in your life that just aren't going to like you anymore. And it's because they liked having the person they could control. Yeah. I have one friend. I love them dearly, but they don't like me anymore. We talk every day, but every day it's like, you've just turned into a mean person. I'm like, no, I've turned into a person who actually stands up for themselves and you don't like it because you can't control me anymore. Right. And this was, this was because I was a beta male and she could tell me what to do, you know? And so you're going to have that women you're going to lose female friendships or new but there's a million friends out there oh gosh i hear stories from girls about how they let their friends treat them and stuff and i i can't relate yeah like i can't relate to letting someone push me over and stuff but yeah so yeah i think building up your self-confidence and learning to stand up for yourself will help you in pretty much all facets of life i feel like we solved all the problems all of them yeah pretty much all the problems are solved just gotta get everyone to one get mature and you know become adults yeah Mm, pass i'm mm, i'm Uh, not gonna put on pants yeah no pants are overrated or stupid anyways yeah we need to protect the the dark humor and the memes though like yes we need to protect that that's there's just a group of people who are no fun in the world and they have no sense of humor And they can't separate. They're so literal that they can't separate that me jokingly saying that Hannah has a smaller brain. It's science. Like, it is true. Women have smaller brains, but it doesn't make them dumber than men. Like, you know, like uh, they just can't separate that stuff. Yeah. It's like if I were to make a racist joke about Harry right now, they'd go, he's a racist. It's like, never mind that my black friend is here every week. And if I were it's like. Harry is a good judge of character. Like it, it doesn't matter to those people though. Yeah, no, you know, he has no ability to. They think can't for... separate humor and comedy and your true opinions. Yeah, like, they don't can't... understand satire. Yeah. he can't. Yeah. He can't think for himself. We need. It's really actually very. Oh, racist. they have to sell you your oppression. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll show you the comments from the liberals. Oh, you're smarter than this. Yeah. you can move away from this. Why are you with this guy? Right. Really? Yeah. I, I thought I showed you these. <laughs> no. Okay, oh, turn the, the comment section. Yeah, off. from the liberals when they were like, "Ah, oh, come on, stop doing this." You know, you know, you're letting them do this to you. It's yeah, taking oh. away my agency completely. Yeah. So, like, I understand that aspect when women talk about that. It's like, okay, I've seen this happening. I've seen this. No, you know? I love, but I guess my gender, you know. But you so, know. am I going to get roasted? Probably. Uh, if you want, we don't really do that as much. <laughs> Like, I, I really... No, no, no. I mean, like, by your viewers. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. No. no. Good. Men take... I time I, for that. Men take it... Men, women online get treated like queens. Men online, I get told to kill myself every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I oh, run yeah. a political Facebook page, and I run a major radio page, and it's like... It, it, every day, there's just, you know, some jackass. Yeah. Or like the, like some like when they talk about it, like I get bullied at work. It's like I once went to work one time and labeled on my hammer at work was "Go kill yourself." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's very sad. Yeah. All right. So, final thoughts for the episode. Go ahead. Anything, Harry? Um, if someone could make me a Spangle Dear Leader uh, Thanos meme with him snapping his fingers, getting rid of the boomers, that'd be great. Um. <laughs> It's very sad. Busy, so I can't make that. Um, final thoughts. Uh, all right, when it comes to the 
um, with the whole the Kavanaugh thing. Like I said, it to me, the Democrats would have more of an argument if it wasn't all that, you know, theatrical display they did before, or they even had you know Democrats were on board with him before these allegations came up, and then decided to hold back and switch their votes, and now they're ready to push back. You know, right? That would make more sense. Seems a little bit more given more believability. The other thing that it goes with it is that with to me. If this comes out, it doesn't. But to me, uh, Dr. Ford's story, when she said it, to me, it really does feel like there was more people in that room than just those than just those three that she described. And she's is just not remembering it fully. Right. And so it could be something even worse trauma that it's being covered up. OK. Or it could, you know, like or it could be something else. But that's what I get when I read it. Uh the other thing with the whole like like this is when it comes to a lot of the when you interact with when I say that like there's like nuance a lot of the feminist argument I'm not saying that I don't believe of, of equality between the sexes and the gender that's not what I'm talking I do, do want equality in front of the law and everything like that uh, and that where i can agree on but what i do not like is when people are just like cops who are just complete and total assholes what whatever they put in front of them whether you put whatever ism you want in front of you if you're an asshole it's more you than that ism so it's that and that's where i want to like that's where i'm going to finalize on that thought there because it's just a lot of people it's I, like I said, I work with mostly women. It's who I interact with. Majority of my friends are women. For some reason, I interact with mostly women. That I have very, very few male friends. Hmm. It's strange. I don't understand half myself too because, like, like even when I do, like most of my guy friends are libertarian wall guys now. Yeah, same. You know, but the rest, everything outside of that, they're all women. And I'm in the like exact opposite. Yeah. Of that work with men tend to hang out in male groups. Yeah. So, and it's not like I try. You know, like, I think it's. it's but- I think it's because the nature of friendship is about attraction, mm. and I think that we tend to be friends with more of the opposite sex because we're attracted to them. Now, you can be attracted to somebody and not do anything with it, or it may not mean necessarily that you're having sexual attraction, mm-hmm. but it's just easier, na- human nature-wise, to like have a conversation with a woman mm-hmm. because you're attracted to them mm-hmm. versus a guy. Like I just, I find this to be true about myself. Like it's just kind of, I get along better with women. You know, I think like when you get the two genders together, like we're brutally honest with each other too. Like yeah. I know that to be true of like our friendship. It's yeah. like. And you can give me a perspective that I would never see. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, see, like, I try to get, like, guys to come over, like, hey, I'm working out on my car in the garage, bring your car on by, stuff like that. And I try to get stuff like that. But, you know, rarely gets that go that ball rolling. You know, only I can get that with, like, a lot of libertarian guys. Like, oh, yeah, come on, let's go work on your car now. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, some guys are weird. It's probably, that's probably just because you drive a Subaru. You leave Bun Bun alone, okay? <laughs> bun Bun. All right. Uh, so I you, can't figure out why guys don't hang out with me. I don't know. what You named your car Bun Bun. Well, there's Bun Bun. <laughs> the RX-8 is called Fiona, and the Jeep is called Champ. His name is Champ. Okay. All right. And Champ is a dick. Final. He's, he's, mm-hmm. I could have told you that before you bought him. Final Final thoughts, Anna. Uh, I, I Actually, that pretty much sums it up. I, I think everyone needs to 
take like a Jordan Peterson approach to life and just pull yourself up from the bootstraps and um, own your own shit and look out for crazy people. Be a good lobster. Be a great lobster. Prefer Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. All right. My final thoughts. I want to thank uh, Paul Jonathan Eads Jr., the Libertarian Coalition, Christy Avery, Craig DaCosta, and Jason Doolittle for being our $100 a month subscribers. You guys are awesome. Uh, we are getting ready to launch. Uh, you're going to start seeing more content in this feed. And so if you weren't listening to The Chris Spangle Show, if you've made it this far, then you're going to like this. If you if you dropped off in the first 20 minutes, you're probably going to get annoyed with us. But uh, when we do surveys, what I find is that people want more content. That's the complaint, is that there's not enough. And so I've been talking to all of our co-hosts, and uh, we're going to start doing what I was doing over at The Chris Spangle Show, which is like a 20-minute thing a day. And uh, this is actually Harry's idea, uh, like a year, year and a half ago, Wall Daily. Yeah. And I was just like, we're not there yet, but we're there now, you know, and we've got the people to do it. And uh, we've got a group of people who are itching to go, uh, you know, Loki wall kind of faded off. That's why Loki wall started, because I was like, we're not ready, but you can do this thing if you want. And you're like, OK, uh, but now, you know, hopefully you'll do you'll do like a little 20 minute thing like the Chris Spangle show. I'll continue to do them. Hannah, you're invited if you want to do a little uh, a ditty there, you know, just 20 minutes a day, 20 to 30 minutes update on the news a little mini wall uh every day in the feed along with the two big shows a week and uh what i found is that people enjoy the daily content uh but doing seven shows a week and 10 hours of broadcasting a week with a full-time job and it just didn't leave me room for a life i got burnt out i wasn't being as insightful on the shows as i wanted to be and it became an obligation and this is never to be an obligation for me this is always to be a passion and uh so Doing this allows me to put other voices in front of you that, um, you know, like Sarah Brady Wagner, I've, I, I love her and I think she's super smart, but you heard her for the first time last week. You see her on the on the Fundamental Freedoms video, uh, video uh, show that she does for us, but I haven't had a chance to have her on the big show yet. You know, so we recorded something last night that'll be the first one, you know, and so it's going to give, you know, Tad got burnt out. I think uh, I'm going to see him on Saturday. He's up next with Dennis Beatty here on Saturday. We're talking about Kavanaugh. Um, and so we're going to talk about the Kavanaugh stuff, um, you know. Okay. T- right. And, uh, well, the, the Reinhold has a completely different Reinhold and Tad have very <laughs> differing opinions on this. And that's why it's going to be funny. And so we're going to talk about that. But, you know, Tattle, Tattle sprinkle in there. The boss hog guys are going to do stuff. Brian Nichols is going to do stuff. And so you're going to have an extra 20 minutes a day. It's going to free me up to do more bonus content for our patrons. Uh, and so I'm really excited about it. And I think that it's going to be very good for you guys. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, I, the test pilot of the Chris Spangle show left me feeling a little better about it because people wanted that content. They liked it. They were really enthusiastic about it. And so hopefully people won't get abandoned. They won't abandon We Are Libertarians and unsubscribe from the feed because they feel they're getting too much. Uh, that's my, that's my fear. But the numbers need to not matter as much to me. Maybe that's the the answer there. Uh, so because everybody who's doing the show is excited to be doing the show, the the people that are going to listen will be excited to listen, and uh, you'll hopefully like it. And we're putting more out there. We're putting out more of this kind of conversation that you're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're not going to hear these kind of intimate conversations amongst friends talking about big issues. And I think if you listen to this episode, you feel better about things. 
You feel less afraid if you're a man or a woman. Uh, hopefully you learned something tonight. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to, I, I'm trying to bring more perspectives. I have a very definite perspective. I, I've really worked on finding my voice as a broadcaster over the last year. And um, I've heard from people that it's turning into too much of an echo chamber. And so I want to throw in people like Susan Hogarth talking with Sarah. Susan was the co-founder of the LP Radical Caucus talking about me too. I thought I was going to hate that episode. I didn't disagree with a single thing. I loved it, you know, and it was great hearing their perspective. So, so that's, it's going to allow us to give you more, uh, conversation and we're, uh, looking forward to it. So if you like it, please join the Patreon, support our work. It does cost a lot of money to run. We are libertarians. It does take a lot of time to keep this going. And, uh, it's, it's a passion for all of us and your contributions make it work faster. So thank you for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians. I thank our patrons. I think uh, that's it. Hannah, thank you for being here. Yep. Thank you for making the trip. Absolutely. Thank you for not bringing Aaron. Absolutely. <laughs> Pops out. <laughs> He's climbed, climbed up the balcony. Uh, Harry, as always, thank you for being here, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Yep. See you, see you in Tuesday. Yep, that's going to be a weird episode for me. Why? I'll, I'll, I'll explain off there. Okay. All right, we'll see you in uh, just a little bit. Take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 